This podcast is made possible by the generosity of listeners and viewers like you. Kindly consider a contribution through Patreon or PayPal. Links are in the details box. Any amount is appreciated. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The handle, The Beirut Banyan. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And to stay updated with video releases, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and thanks for watching. I'm Rani Shatar, and this is The Beirut Banyan. consider you both friends you're not sort of uh episodes only and i think friendship is what's bringing us here today and allow me Rawat, to say that this is inspired by you uh it has lori with us because lori you you echoed what Rawat was saying and i felt it too um extreme frustration before we started recording, we were venting about many things. I'd like to cherry pick them one by one, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but diplomatically, all of them. I knew there was a trap. <laughs> diplomatically, uh, let's jump into what happened today. <clears throat> I think it makes sense that we're recording today. This is not planned, obviously. Cynthia Zedazir doesn't know that we're doing an episode, but the fact is, she makes this episode I think very meaningful. Uh, she's on the news, doing something that's not unusual. There have been a dozen or so, if not more, bank. Heists. I don't know what the word is yet. Heist is Raids. Raids. But it's not even, there's no crime per se. She, like many Lebanese, are trying to get their money, which is locked. And some succeed, some don't. It appears that what she wanted happened today. No arms were used. Uh, there was a negotiation inside. It took several hours and it ended. But it was national coverage we're all talking about it and i think it's okay to talk about the good and the bad i think we don't we don't need to be shy so let me start with that sort of topic in the background i think this is going to happen with or without her role we're going to see an increase in bank heists regardless of what she did today but as an mp be as blunt as you'd like do you think this is the right step for somebody that is supposed to be a lawmaker in parliament rather than an activist on the ground and i know you can be both there's nothing that says you have to be one or the other but in my mind at least i thought voting her in or someone like her in meant it's going to be parliament focused less activism so we can start there and as much as you both would like to say Rawat, i'll start with you uh, I think I'm going to be very frank because I was just having the same discussion with uh, with someone else and you both know, I'm not going to specify the name. And Cynthia I, Zarazir. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to be very frank about what I think is wrong with what happened today. Mm. Um, first of all, my position on all the bank raids that have happened, that they're legitimate, they're a cause of the failure to... Uh, restructure the banks over the past three years, a failure to adopt a real capital control over the past three years. Uh, they're legitimate when they're coming from from the people, mm. uh, but they're illegitimate at the same time because they're they don't provide the people with the same the same options. You know, why should someone be getting ten to twenty thousand dollars in fresh amounts, if not more? 
while someone else, be it me or anyone else who may be suffering even more, cannot have access to the same amount only because they weren't, they did not have the courage to raid a bank. Still, I'm saying that all what has been done is legitimate for those who were really in need, those mm. who really had uh, uh, to to you know pay for any hospitalizations. And even those who really just needed their money back and they were fed up of the system, it's legitimate from their side. But at the same time, this is not really the solution. The solution is pushing further to restructuring the banking system and having a concrete 10-year or 20-year plan of how the deposits are going to be given back if they were to to be given back. But what happened today is raises the bar because we're seeing a parliament member who is demanding just uh, uh, yeah just a little more who to is the, yeah. demanding her own deposits from the bank mm. but the end result is going to be that she's going to have or she did actually retrieve part of her her deposits something which millions or hundreds of thousands are not able to do yeah so when it's coming from citizens i'd understand even supportive in the sense that this puts further pressure on the political elite and on the banking system all in all in order to do something. But when it's coming from a parliament member, I personally don't support it because she's getting her share and possibly it's her right, but everyone else isn't. And her role is to further question the government, further suggest laws and regulations and not be raiding a bank. So before Laurie, before I get to you, I'll, I'll throw it in a way both of you can answer, but uh, Allow me to be devil's advocate for Cynthia Zerezia, which I thought I'd never do. But here's here's my my try. Uh, she needs money for surgery. That's what she said she needed the money for. Her friends on social media and even on TV, some standing next to her, echoed that sentiment that this is not, in a way, this is similar to a citizen who needs money, like what was happening in the past weeks for surgery. She files the paperwork. She shows proof of whatever she needs, and she's an MP at the same time. So is there anything that leans on her side in this story, meaning that she's simply doing what other citizens are doing and maybe just shows that her role as an MP is useless? And I'll go all the way here, because for me personally, I'll go a step further than you, Rawad. I don't see a point of being a member of parliament if you're going to be doing this. And I think that's the sentiment you're saying, but I'll take it to its limit. Maybe she's better as an activist, not a member of parliament, because it shows something's wrong. As an MP, a new MP, doing her job on the street. So maybe I'll start with you, Lori, but Rawad, whenever you want to to butt in. (laughs) Well, she is an activist. And I think she went to the parliament with the mentality of an activist. Hmm. And that's why it is important to have political parties. And this is where political parties and these new political parties have a meaning. Because I can have a political party that that sees things through sustainable political work, through uh, systems, institutions. Yeah. Mm. And then if I have an activist, I can control my activist and, and push that activist when it, he or she is in parliament to work as a parliamentarian. Mm. And the political party can keep doing whatever activists could do so they 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 would have that role to play as 
political activism on the ground, having people maybe to do different things, and the parliamentarians do what they're supposed to do. And that's why, it, that's the beauty of having political parties. And mm. that is one, uh, one important point to remember that Cynthia comes from uh, a background of activism. She was on the street, everybody knows her when, uh, during the revolution, and then it happened that that seat in Beirut one was the easiest seat, jackpot. and we knew uh, the jackpot. You, the, you, you, anyone could have run for that seat on that list and, and won made it. it. To parliament. Yes. So and now she has to play the role that she's supposed to play in parliament. I think she needs guidance, and so how to play that role? Because we were discussing that she could have a positive role to play as a young activist that uh, that, that uh, she's uh, she's not afraid of anything etc she has that stamina she has that uh, that uh, um, if you want like courageous mm. uh, thing something yeah. that she has that kick that she could use it good in parliament and not as an activist so, I so this is very important yeah. so i think what they were trying to do today is that they wanted to portray her like she's one of us as people like she went to the to the bank and like she wanted her money and that she could have done the other way again like to yeah. talk about because i've been reading uh, about this like uh, p people's reaction people were saying she's an mp she could have done it without any of all of this and go and mm -hmm. use her power as an mp and get the money but she wanted to show that she's one of us and she is like uh, with the people and, but the problem is that is she doing enough in the parliament before yeah, being the, one of us? Actually, we elected her, yeah. so now she's a, mem a member of parliament. So is she doing enough? Have you heard her talk about the restructuring? Have she, did she push for the restructuring of the banking restructuring system? The whole, this is one of the laws now that need to be, uh, uh, to be ratified in the parliament after the budget. This is one of the main, uh, main issues that are being discussed in parliament, or they will be discussed because now we're still waiting for the draft law on the restructuring. So she has to do her work there and not to do the stunt that she has done today, because I don't think that it was marked by people that she's one of us. It was marked that uh, that she's one of she's a parliament member, and yeah. And I, I want to add something in particular. For example, when the budget was being uh, discussed over the past uh, few weeks, and during, and in many instances, we saw uh, you know a few parliament members from the thirteen who really had great stances in their inside parliament. Uh, how they assessed the budget, how they discussed it, what they talked about. Uh, I remember, for example, uh, Firas's speech was really on point in terms of the technicalities. Mm. So I think uh, many of the people inside parliament are doing their jobs as parliamentarians, especially Mark also, for example. Mm. And uh, to add on something in particular, that there is this you know, thin line between you being an activist inside and being a parliament member as well. And I think that really, uh, and I was you know, kind of astonished by a few instances of where she used this activism inside parliament mm -hmm. you know, uh, to, to, to write down clear messages, uh, especially for example, during the last uh, session when uh, the first uh, session to elect a president, when she told Birri right away that your, your block could have stayed yeah. and we could have elected a president. And in the most uh, 
activist manner and in a really uh, tone that is very close to the people. Yeah. But there was a really a political stance and meaning, mm. something which I personally did not see today. Yeah. So I agree with what bo- both of you are saying. She's daring, but daring in one way only, which is better fit for an activist. And I, I worry that when she's a member of parliament, it dilutes the meaning of being a member of parliament. And I think there's a double-edged sword here. Because what she did today is, again, I mean, she's she's picking up where other people have left off. She's not, she's not the first one to do this. She's not setting a precedent. She's doing a tactic that others have done, but it's just for me, it just doesn't 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 sit well. And and then to talk about something which is privilege, um, a lot of the discussion was whether she's really privileged or not, you know. But she's the only one who raided a bank without a gun or without a fake toy. Yeah. And she was able to do it just with a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, if she wasn't a parliament member and she was in there not posing a threat to the employees and to to the bank manager, mm. someone would have jumped in and mm. just, you know, like told her you're not getting anything. And yeah. she would have been put in outside the bank branch just by, you know, one of the security guys handling the situation. But it wasn't the case because she was a parliament member. Mm-hmm. So whether we like it or not, or whether those supporting her and her stunt today like it or not, she was privileged in what she did today because she was a parliament member. So let's talk about the publicity stunt tactic and take it to the bigger picture. Um, does this type of political action as an MP, but a civil society activist doing something like a bank heist, does that accelerate a problem that's so big right now, which is the banking sector? Meaning, does it add to the burden that's already there? Or is everything happening irrespective of what she did? In my mind, an MP doing it allows many more people to be a little more daring in what they're about to do. And I worry, I really worry that anarchy begins to define everything whether it's her, whether it's a citizen, or whether it's somebody with a gun. And I, it hasn't happened yet, but I do see innocent people suffering if this keeps happening. It could be a bystander. It could be someone that doesn't appreciate what's happening and maybe pulls the trigger. And I know it didn't happen today, but I always worry that this kind of national coverage, extreme attention on what she did, think, makes things worse. So maybe, Laura, you can... and. If you see it wrong, please tell me, because I want you to... No, no, it's... uh, Definitely, people are frustrated. And today, while Cynthia was in the bank, I was in the other side of the bank, another bank, and trying to get money, my salary. No one covered your house. No one covered me. (laughs) Thank God. I was trying to get, uh, to withdraw money. I couldn't. So that was first ATM, failed. (laughs) Then I had to go to the other region. So from Antilles, I had to move to to, to Jaladib. I was able to get a bit of the money, yeah. and people were frustrated at that ATM. Then I had to go to the third ATM yeah. in Jdaide. So I, I wasted like one more than one hour trying to get my salary yeah. out. Yeah, that so you're was driving the same around th- while this is happening. Exactly, at the yeah. same time that Cynthia was doing And I was like thinking, look, so if I were an MP, what would I have done? Like, yeah. Would I have been, I don't think I would have had the same salary, first of all. So I would have been <laughs> waiting for the parliament to give me the salary. But 
I think people will start thinking about it. And from the, uh, from the opposition to the opposition, they will start th saying that, yes, she used her privileges to go into the bank uh, uh, unarmed, but getting what she wanted because she's an MP. And so what's the difference between her and uh, other MPs yep. that they're doing it? But we don't know about them. But at the end of the day, they're getting their money out or right. they're being able Without to access, stunt, with a few phone calls. access their money. Without publicity. And so they should yeah. have thought about it more because I'm sure like she didn't come up with the idea on mm. her own and there is a team around her. Oh, do you think this? Was, I, I don't know. I thought this is just her f trying to. No, I definitely think it was not her own idea. Oh, really? So okay. the team that is around her need to work with her on making her a so better MP beyond her, beyond than, her a stunt, uh, than a stunt hero yeah. or a stunt uh, uh, personality. She deserves to be. Uh, to, to put all her capacities in becoming a really inspiring MP as a woman, as a young woman, as I mean, a daring it's, it's woman. It's picking up the vibration. Uh, if you can put it on air. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So as a, as a young, as, as, a, as a woman. <laughs> pick that up too. <laughs> <laughs> so as a woman, as a daring woman, as a young woman. So she has to inspire people in the parliament yeah. for the, parla the parliamentary work. She doesn't want to be a parliamentarian. She feels like this is a lot of stress for her. Maybe she could resign. And okay. if she feels that maybe that's not the right path for her, maybe she should resign. And that would be really a statement as well. So like she prefers to be more of an activist and feel alive than just being in the parliament and having to deal with the dinosaurs that we have. And she feels maybe that she's not able to, to do things. And maybe today, and at the end of the day, someone needs to ask her, like, how did she feel about that? May I ask you, Laurie, since you brought up a word Maybe that she I was really, like, she felt that this is her role. Yeah. And her role as, to, as an activist, I don't know. So I don't want to, like, but you, all you respect assess. for her, but like I don't want to to dwell on this and and just like the sit and judge or anything. No, but, but you said two things that are important. You offered a way out for somebody who cannot function effectively in parliament, which is not a bad choice. It's to resign when you feel like you can't get your job done, and I think that's that's true. But the second thing you talk about political parties. When you say party, do you mean something that's registered, or do you mean actual party, as in? two people, three people, as long as they call themselves something. Because she's technically in a party. It's just not something that's officially structured. Just like many MPs in the 13 are in, I don't know what to call them. It's not boutique parties, groups. but groups, groups, yeah. Are you talking more something that is recognized officially as a party? Or are you talking more like just size? Look, at the end of the day, we we do have today like a group of people that they're trying so hard to really work together. There are differences and they're trying for months to really work around these differences, to find a way like to manage differences and then to stay together. They feel that their mandate and what people are expecting from them is to stay together. So they're under pressure in that sense. And they're not all like they don't think alike. They're not the same. It's not that exactly. they were running on the same list and then they all won. Mm. won. Mm. So these are, they come from different places with different background, different history. And even different the people on the same lists, they're not the same. Yeah, so, so at the end of the day, they are doing a lot of work. 
Some are succeeding because there is an institution behind them. Some, they're still individuals. What do you mean by institution, though? You so, institution, like, I give you the example of taqaddum. Yeah, that's so what taqaddum I is an institution. Oh, so you think of taqaddum as the, that's the right kind of size. Because taqaddum is a very small It group. is small. Yeah. Yes, it's a boutique po uh, part, political party. This is polite. what you're trying to <laughs> yeah. say. He's, he's I kind. like, <laughs> when I travel, I like to go to boutique hotels. I cannot afford with my salary, but I, my wish is like to go to boutique hotels. No, sorry, I meant more like... It is a, a small a group, size, a group, but it is organized. A group that's not in it parliament. It is organized. Yeah, we support Mark and Najat. Not every time they have the right, the right uh, uh, answers. Not every time they have the right thinking. They're under pressure. They're all under pressure. So at least we, sitting in the political bureau, we have less pressure so that we can think. We see clearer sometimes, and we advise, and we give them like guidance sometimes. We tell them, they come tell us, like, this, this is it. So they give us information. We take we, this information. We process them because we are sitting behind. We ha we're not under the limelight. We're not under pressure. And we see clearer. We see no other picture. Exactly. So, and we so give them advice, and they go taking that advice to the 13th so, or to the parliament. So let's say not about, this is important. Not about her personally. That's somebody like her. Is it, a dis is the disadvantage that she doesn't get advice, an institutional-like advice? Because, like you said, Takadum is small, but the members are known, and you're one of those important members. Is it that she doesn't have that kind of friendly ear to lean on? Because I thought somebody like her does have that kind of, uh, I don't know, friendly advice that she gets. And from what you were saying, it f I, I, maybe I, met, I read it wrong. I thought this was her own initiative today. I thought she literally went with her lawyer to the bank. But if that's... You have to ask her. We are just sure. saying... No, but I'm yes. assuming what... We're assuming sure, from what, what we, we know. know. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of advice, are you meaning expert advice that she doesn't have? She I, is a parliamentarian. Yeah. She needs guidance to do her work. She needs support. All of them, they need support. Mm. You yeah. know how much we suffer to, to get support for Mark and Najat? So it's a lot of work. They need the support. She needs to be supported. Now she's an MP with a lot of potential. She needs to work on that rather than being used as an activist and a stunt star. I see, I and I, yeah. I think there's something that's really important to re-emphasize on what Laurie was just saying is the fact that in the next phase and over the next three years, the only thing we need right now is political organization. In every other way on form, in every other way that an individual or a person uh, supports certain ideologies, supports certain groups, but we need political organization. This political chaos, if I may say, that has been happening over the past three to four years, which was, which brought in very good energy at times, which resulted in this momentum that led to this uh, 13 new MPs to be in parliament. This was good, but over the course of the next three to four years, the key answer to everything, in my opinion, is political organization in many different ways and forms. I believe there are a great number of, and I think the number should be even less, but I think there is a great number of political organizations which already exist. Taqaddum is one of them. Mm. Um, I personally find a lot of my values shared with, with Taqaddum. Mm. Uh, National Bloc could be another option. Even towards this, the left side of the spectrum, there's Lana, they're trying mm. to do their mm. own thing. There is even, you know, with all the differences I have with the Muatinu and Muatinat, they're trying to do their own thing. Yeah. I think the key now to every other person who wants to be involved in 
in politics is to see which one of those opposing opposition parties or alternative political parties that best meets their own uh, political views on the spectrum, choose a party, be invested in it, and work towards, you know, finding change within those parties. Because uh, being lone wolves in the next period is a very tough game. And it's not a tough game on an individual level, but on, on the country level. I mean, even those 13 MPs, if they don't find spots for themselves within institutions, if they consider rerunning in three to four years, it's a very tough battle. And it's a very tough battle to bring in this momentum which brought them to Parliament uh, this October 17 and post-explosion momentum that brought this wave wave of change. Mm. If this wave of change is not institutionalized, it's it's going to be a catastrophe in three to four years. The key answer to this is institutionalizing. And here, it's not only the role of the parliament members, but also the, the role of every other individual who is, uh, who is an activist, who is in the political scene. Um, I think the, the populist and, you know, like uh, the revolutionary purity approach, which a lot of people still have today, they need to let go of it and find institutions no institution is perfect no institution meets our ideology 100 percent. but at least inside those institutions no matter how big or small you can invest in something and make it grow and you can invest in change that could be could be sustainable and one more thing to add on uh, which is i think a very important idea which comes in relation to this you know institutionalization topic that we're handling is what happened over the last election was that the people decided to break the ceiling the glass ceiling and they decided to opt for alternative views in politics non-sectarian which is great and i think this is the major achievement that happened in elections disregarding who the 13 mps are uh, Yes, a lot of them have worked so much uh, on themselves and on adopting certain political ideologies, but the breakthrough is that the people themselves broke the political ceiling and the glass ceiling. And for this to be sustained, you need to offer the people something more concrete in the next period and more clarity. And more clarity comes with institutions. The topic of organization has been brought up since October 17. We've had the same conversation for almost three years. And in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, the inclination to organize is not there, even when it should be there. So my understanding of the frustration is that all the effort that's being made to coalesce around a few groups has become such an enormous challenge. And it could be one example. You mentioned uh, the National Bloc earlier in, in the conversation. They're a registered party. They have the registration. They have the brand. They have an institution. They have land. They have property. It's so hard to see groups coalescing into that party. And sometimes you see people that won in parliament riding on a wave of victory that don't see the need to coalesce. And I don't blame them. Why would a boutique party like Takadom, sorry, I'm using your phrase now, two MPs entered? I mean, I, I, I don't blame Mark or Najat 
for wanting to compromise on that when they won. Or for that matter, something more boutique. Khat Ahmad is a one-man show. He won. I, I can imagine that it's for him a bit... It goes against inertia. That why would I want to be smaller and something bigger? But I think, long-term, that's the only way. And yet, in the short-medium term, it's, it's hard to see it happening. And this, this includes things like the quiet discussions happening behind the scenes that don't materialize into much. You're much more involved, both of you. You're both directly involved in, in some ways. I, I know it from whispers. I know it from WhatsApp messages sometimes that that's the ceiling that hasn't been cracked, which is getting October 17 to really run along two groups Left of center, right of center, and that's it. Really, just two groups that make sense. That's just not happening. So, Lori. I, and I just want to uh, <clears throat> to clarify. Yes. One and not clarify actually, yeah. because I'm really upset. So something mm. that I will take it out but of my chest. But this is why we're here. We're going to yes. get to why we're upset so, later. La- yeah. So beca- because <laughs> the, the, yeah. no no this uh, because <laughs> you mentioned this issue of like this is, here comes a political party, mm-hmm. a very nascent political party. Now yeah. we're calling it a boutique uh, political party. I didn't mean it in a condescending <laughs> no, way. No, I meant I'm, it in more I'm, like I'm in a small. You, I, small. I love going to boutique hotels. I cannot afford going to boutique hotels. For my, for me, boutique hotels are these like gems. You know, so taqaddum is the gem, political gem. So we have two MPs. Each of them inspire inspire something, Mm -hmm. which is different but complementary. Absolutely fine. We have like good people in the party, and then you see people not wanting to join effort. Mm-hmm. but wanting to do something completely new. And I'm talking about just Taqaddum because there are others as well. So we, mm-hmm. have, uh, we have formed groups, political parties. We've put so much effort on them. So why do you want to come to them? And we with success. So now we have MPs, etc. Why would you just ignore all of this success and decide that, no, we want to do something. We want to bring everybody together and do something new. How is that possible? Mm. And these are the same people that were trying to do for years this big one thing that yeah. has failed. Yeah. And yeah. now you have success you're not building on. 100%. So, so this is my problem. Like, I don't understand. I'm invited to these meetings where we need to discuss about organizing ourselves. I do have two MPs. We're functioning. I need all your support, great ideas to put it together, to grow this thing, and then later have more MPs. We cannot think that way. This is a problem for me. We cannot say, for me, there are some people who need to retire from politics. Khalas. You agree? I agree. So, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. But can I, can I, no, no, wait, 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 sorry, I, I will let you, I, but I want to understand, Lori. Uh, you're talking about the opposite of what I'm saying, meaning you want Taqaddum to have more support on its own rather than sh- shedding a bit of its... Uh, no, what I'm saying is like there is the tendency to ignore the success that has happened and just pretend that this thing that never happened. And let's think about a new platform. It's like, right. okay. why so, so would I blend yeah. into a new platform when I did my work for years and I spent hours 
and sp away from my family. Sometimes like I had to take breaks and to take mm. leave from my work to put all my effort in this. And then we succeeded. And then you want me now to ignore all of this and you expect me to put my effort in creating something new that is all it's, people coming it's together. It's going back to Rawad said, what Rawad said earlier, which is So this is frustrating for me since now it's about yeah. like, Talking about frustration—it it is frustrating. No, but it's more like looking at the next election. No, but but I I, I don't oppose her views in mm. one way or another. Mm. I mean, when I talked about political organization, I mentioned that there are already political. Hey, well, I'm not parties, opposing what he's parties saying. Parties on the scene. Mm, mm. All what I'm saying is that for the smaller uh, groups, the individuals be in political organizations, no matter what their size is. Mm, I mean, mm. I think one way or another, but in a very homogeneous way that is not enforced, all the people who have the same political views and political visions and are on the same side of the political spectrum will reach a point, maybe not now, maybe in three years, maybe yeah. in four years, that they will eventually be in the same political organization. I personally think Laurie and I at some point in time will be in the same political organization. But again, my point on emphasizing uh, that people need to take the decision to be involved in institutions, no matter what the size of those institutions is. And then the coalition building, which we have all seen in the past three to four years, yeah. which have been really insane in trying to put people who don't share the same views yeah, together exactly. on people who can never be on the same table together, it has failed. My only idea, and I think it doesn't... Uh, it, it's it's not conflicting with what Glory mm. just said about investing yeah. uh, in Taqaddum, for example. I mean, there are a certain number of political institutions that are already out there, uh, some bigger than the other. Some have MPAs, others don't. But they're very clear, and we talked about them. Yeah. My point is, no matter where you fall in the political spectrum, find a place to be involved in, in an institute institutionalized mechanism. So you're so. drawing the line between what is already institutional and what is not. That's where the line is. Yeah. Mean, meaning, going back to her, I'm, I'm sorry to do this, but she, Cynthia Zedazir, is not in the institutional section. She's outside of it. She gets advantages from being in an institutional and and this is yeah, I mentioned that this is not just about the 13 MPs. This is about everyone. About everyone. In the scene. Oh, yeah, but yeah. even the yeah. majority of the 13 MPs, they're not in... Uh, in institutionalized organizations. Right. Yeah. Most of them come from very small groups. Most of them have succeeded in putting their names on uh, electoral lists. Mm -hmm. but exactly. Individual the number is like yeah. independent. Uh, yeah. So he, he, he or she wakes up in the morning and decides like, okay, today I want to decide this or that. So they, they yeah. like, you, you, yeah. we, you know how many hours we fight in Taqaddum to get like to one uh, position. And like for these others, maybe sometimes it's so easy. Like I wake up this morning, I decide on this based on I don't know what. So and this is the dynamics that we have. And yeah. I remember when we had this uh, as Taqaddum, like one of the challenges about like between Taqaddum and like how to manage the relation between Taqaddum and the uh, 13 MPs. So it was when we wanted to uh, nominate a prime minister. So yeah. people were asking, Taqaddum, we voted for you. Like, who is your candidate? So we had to sit and really work on that, even though like the 13 were very behind and thinking about who their candidate is. Yeah. So but the moment we put our candidate and we were very clear about like, this is our candidate. So the dynamics was like, OK, so you put 
the, the name, does it mean that you're imposing that name on the 13 or not? So right. which wasn't the case because we were very open. We said we are taqaddum. People voted for taqaddum, for Mark and Najat. They want clarity from Mark and Najat, but they understand, they have to understand that Mark and Najat, they're part of a 13 that has no clarity yet. So that's the challenge. Yeah. That's why it is like having institutions helps a lot to guide the decisions. And this is why with what we're seeing there, because if, if I have a clear decision saying that my president tomorrow is X and Y, yeah. and I go to the 13, there is no clarity. There, the idea is like in the 13, there is this, you know, are we supposed to take the name uh, that that was supposed that was um, that was no that was suggested by Taqaddum? Does will that look bad because we took we adopted the name of Taqaddum? So these are the realities that we are not criticizing. On the contrary, we're saying these are the this dynamics, the these are the challenges. But everyone wants to work together, so we need to push everyone to go there. If my role and Taqaddum is to push people in the 13 to work better, I will do it. So this to understand that whatever we're saying, it's not criticizing. We're just saying that we need to be part okay. of an institution. So, so just, I uh, cannot stay floating yeah. that ah, I'm an activist. I go the, I go to the yeah. streets. I block the streets, etc. We so, need to be in institutions if we want to play politics. So just just before, sorry, Robert, and before, then I I have a job offer for him because we're looking for a national coordinator for Takadum. So. No, I mean I mean I think that's kind of <laughs> happened on its own already. You guys, are <laughs> welcome to Takadum. We'll no. discuss that uh, off yeah. the record. No, I, let let me jump back a bit, but there's so, there are a few topics I have to explore with both of you because I know we're going to have friction. I want that, but before we get to the friction, uh, just to make. So, so I understand the institutions are available. The effort being made is real to get everyone or at least the majority to be supported and advised correctly. There are frustrations in the process. Some of that has to do with simply winning and not feeling the need to let that aspect sort of the, the I don't want to use the word ego, but it's really still riding the wave that you won without that institutional support. You may be humbled a bit the next time. I don't think so. I think they're all suffering from an existential crisis and they know it. So what, what, all did, 13 so what did you mean by dinosaurs then? Because I think that's, you guys both said the dinosaurs have to go. You didn't mean the regime parties. You meant So the there 13. are two dinosaurs. There are dinosaurs in the regime yeah. that definitely they need to go. <laughs> yeah, but to you, go. I don't think that's what and you meant. And then there are di activist dinosaurs. Activist slash dinosaurs that they need to disappear. So who are these people? This is the first time I've heard of this. <laughs> the, the, the purity activists, those who want to judge on every other occasion without being involved. This is the message. Oh, this is not one of the 13. No, 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 no. 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 We're talking no. about, I mean, about the, the, I mean, whenever the external environment. We're seeing, you know, dinosaurs are those who judge the 13 MPs on every corner and they want to check their bloodstream on every other corner without being involved. I mean, oh, the Twitter crowd. I mean, who, now it's people not, who have been on the who have been in this political arena for years and years trying to do the same thing and failing. These people have a negative uh, impact on this. Uh, we're, we're not, we're into not names. talking about any hey, specific not, person. It's a we, vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's not personal. It's not about. They one don't person. use Twitter. They don't use Twitter. They don't. Watch. Sometimes they're they're on the street. They're in the back ends. It's not really about the Twitter faces. At least the people you see and know, and you can 
argue and discuss with. It's more than that. It's a vibe. It's you know, it's a general vibe that's there. They're projecting their disappointment. But sorry, and then they have their 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 own uh, views without, of politics that name, don't work anymore. Without naming names, I won't name names. Um, is it simply the activists that were mostly used stink that maybe set the set the bar a bit too high in terms of expectation? And that the, the ones that have continued in the background that were not helpful to the elections, could it be some, not about them in specific, but a group like Beirut Medina, for example, that has a certain way of looking at a problem that's out of step with many in the current political climate, especially the 13. Is it that kind of dinosaurish activist that you're describing? No names, just like a an understanding of what you mean because i i'm not i don't know what you're talking about today we have new realities on yeah. the ground we have a new generation of activists we need to give space and we need to give the voice for them and we need to give them the right to act because this is really an important moment for change so okay. that is like what we're looking for yeah uh, so it's saboteurs really it's that kind of uh no, nothing is good enough, that kind of language. I, I'm sorry to keep asking because I, 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 I need to get as and far I, as I can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let me jump in here because I think yeah. I can clean it up. Yeah. Clean it up a little bit. Yeah. It's not personal yeah. with anyone or with any group, but there is this general vibe. Mm. And I think you used a very important statement that nothing is good enough. Yeah. And we always need to. Uh, comment on everything that's going on and everyone has all their right to be involved in the political scene mm. but then again and I'm going to link this back to what we were talking about which is political organization mm. you cannot be sitting on your couch uh, at home doing couch activism yeah. and then telling 13 MPs who yeah. all come from different background that what you're doing is wrong and that you're throwing in your disappointment on them yeah you can not be satisfied with what the 13 MPs are doing or with what Taqaddum is doing mm, or with mm. what uh, any specific or with, with what Cynthia Zarazir is doing. Yeah. You can be not satisfied with the entire situation, mm. but you cannot be just lashing and bashing everyone all the time without being involved. Find your institution, be involved the way you think things should be done and Let's all be involved and work around all the differences of perspective we have. And so I think I link the two topics together in yeah. a way that really specifies where the issue is, or at least how I see it. Yeah. No, but thank you for letting me push your buttons a bit, because it's the first time I've heard it. I think I know what you're talking about in the background. I just don't see that as important because they're there regardless of what happens. If zero MPs emerged, they would be there. If 20 MPs emerged, they would be there too. So I think they're not really, they're not part of the process Shumasar. They're just outside and they're going to remain on the, on the, on the fringe, I think. I, I, have to, I have to argue on this point a yeah. little bit. And here, because I really sense it sometimes with, with people who I met on the street, with uh, the younger generation who, are, who also have this sort of purity. Um, I mean, you can't appeal it's, it's, to... It's not always coming out of frustration as much as it's coming from this purity view. And 
then again, I think the solution for everyone else, because a lot of people see that these 13 MPs, and here we go back to the issue of the block, that these 13 MPs, no matter what they do, they're the people who are representing me. But then they don't really have any line of direct connection with them because they're not in institutions. Yeah. I mean, today, if I'm not directly linked to any of the institutions which are represented through those 13 MPs, I don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those lone wolves and those uh, revolutionary puritist activists, if that's even a term, they think that these 13 MPs should be representing what they believe in or what their moral moral standards are. And whenever they take a a decision, they're, they're fed up or they don't see that this decision represents them. And it all goes back to political organization. If yep. those people were organized in political organizations, institutions, no matter where they fall on the political spectrum, yep. be it right, be it left, be it center right, be it center left, they will have a voice that reaches somewhere rather than a voice that is stuck somewhere on a Twitter bubble or on uh, a social media platform that only sabotages and only throws in disappointment. That's a very diplomatic way of getting out of that maze. And I think all of us are on the same page in a way, which is you can't appeal to everyone. There is always going to be extremist thought within good or bad ideas. There's going to be what you're describing is beyond Puritan. It's absolute. And I think there will always be that element. But given the circumstances, the 13 are a healthy range. It's not 13 people that stand for the same thing always. There's disagreement. Sometimes the disagreements are exposed. Sometimes there's actual arguments that happen as a result, which I think is good. It shows that this is a wide range of individuals. But let me go down this road with both of you, and I think this is where the anger kicks in. We can start with the most delicate issue, which is line 29. Yes. So, Laurie, I'll give you the floor here. I... First time we talked about this, we were in class. Lori was my professor. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> really? Indeed. In oil Indeed. and gas. You're joking. Indeed. Yes. Yes. He did well, if you want to ask. <laughs> line 29? <laughs> we talked about line 29. but In uh, class? In class, of course. Oh, well, that's not, I didn't it, know that. So yeah. it was the, uh, the, the geopolitics of the Eastern Mediterranean. So mm. that... Mm. Okay. Like basically on oil and gas. So that was AUB, an issue. AUB class? Yes, yeah. at AUB. That's really nice. Yeah. So... Oh, this actually, that's really sweet now. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> she's my professor. <laughs> I, I, that, that, but yeah, now, shows. like, I'm really impressed with all these, like, the clarity <laughs> in politics that he has. Like, I'm really learning a lot from him. So, good job. No, but you I want like the job of, at, uh, You uh, want the job of the national coordinator? Of the record. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the people at National Block probably will probably be watching this as well. So... They're interested too. <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me, before we get to this, let me, but let me. But you said that you will end up like, you and I will end up in the same party. But I'm not sa- going to the national block. But <laughs> let me save a word here. Let me save a word. I met him in Mintishreen. Yes. And I met him as a Kitli friend. I know him through a media channel, we all know. Yep. And I also know him as a host for panel discussions. Yes. And I know at the end of the day, he's an independent mind. And he's probably never going to be a full member of Takadum. 
because it's but hard this, to pin this, this man is down. This against what he's preaching. No, but he's, he's just saying he's, he's that going, people like him need to be in institutions, and he will have great he, value. He will be a member on his terms, and I think that's that's the kind of guy he is. He's an independent mind, and the group I think will work for him, as opposed to him working for the group. So you so need. So it's I think like it's it's, it's we all it's work a, for taqaddum and for the a, country. It's a two-way channel. Yeah, yeah. Two-way channel. it's like uh, I tried. I tried. He, Rawad is not going. <laughs> I gave to work. all three. You know, Rawad is not going to work for taqaddum. He is going to, to work, work with taqaddum for, for the, the country. country. For the taqaddum, the country. With taqaddum for the country. I'm picking my words very carefully. Rawad will work within a political organization a political organization uh, in order to serve the bigger purpose, whether that is Taqaddum or any other party that has very similar um, social liberal or social democratic ideological views. Uh, we'll discuss that later, but uh, whether I was in Taqaddum or not, I'm friends uh, of Taqaddum. So, uh, and I really appreciate working with Lori, Mark, Hussam, and anyone else within Taqaddum or without uh, Taqaddum officially. So, we'll set it there and we'll continue the conversation yes. off the record. <laughs> what, was, what was his grade in class? Did you? I think he got an A or a B. Yeah, it was an A minus. minus. Yeah. <laughs> he, skipped, he, he skipped like class, like a yeah, couple it, of It was election period. And then he was oh. in the States. I would see him in the States and like, where's Rawad? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. This is just now. La- last yeah, year, last year, year, last year. You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> in May, during the elections, you were Lori's student? I think it was the semester before elections. The, so it was fall of, fall of 2021. Yes. This country is too small, Awashi. <laughs> Danian and I would never like, I mean, this, it's, it's, it's such a nice uh, bringing things back in a way, like a circular. I know you're politically charged. You're, you're well established as an expert and political. And now you're kind of finding your path together. It, it all makes sense. It's, it's energy. A, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's very nice. And I, I didn't know that. You, you'd better join Takadun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm giving you my position. Oh. Yeah, it's the national coordinator's position. Oh, wow. Yes. So where are you going, Laura? <laughs> I'll stay around. So oh. it's not that I, would, I wouldn't want to stay like uh, the national coordinator forever. That's against our values. But you're staying so, in Takadum. Of course, yeah, I will okay. not leave Takadum. So, so Takadum is my third baby. So after Mark and Mark, Mark Kuyumja, my, my, my son. Thank you. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I was she really that invested in Mark? <laughs> Mike, my son, and Ara, my other son, and then Takadum. And then, of course, Mark Dow, I love him. Like my son as well. <laughs> I love how Zavan doesn't even make it, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Okay, so let's jump into the delicacy of mm. sticking to Line 29, yes. even when, I mean, we were together yes. shouting at Elias Busab two nights ago. Yes. We were shouting together at him. Elias Hankash was sort of next to us shouting too. We're shouting about the, the process. So what can you say about holding your terrain even when it's not happening, and whether or not that suits the 13 well. 
But because this is like holding on, as you said, to your terrain and values. We knew that that there was value in Line 29. It was our right. Mm. It respected all the international agreements that we had signed. So Lebanon is a signatory to the UNCLOS that really ref says exactly how to do the methodology and of writing the maritime borders, so of drawing the maritime borders. So therefore, we first of all, to respect at least the agreements as uh, that we sign as a state, and then it did have like strong foundations in uh, um, in in in, uh, in like technical and um, legal foundations for mm. that line 29. So it was the right approach to take. Mm. So that was it was the right it was our right, and then the right approach in negotiations even mm. to start from that maximalist claim and to have the upper hand in. Uh, in the negotiations with the Israelis. Above that, we had the army that was involved, and that was one important matter that the army was really, through diplomacy, trying to get our rights against Israel. So they destroyed all of that, and then we ended up where Hezbollah is taking credit for a bad deal, but it's cre taking credit for a bad deal. <coughs> So that's why, that's why, like the 13, were very convinced of that because we have we had done our work in explaining to them, and there was a popular support for that. So, he, so if the president wanted to take that track, he had the popular support. Most of the Lebanese, even today, from the Hezbollah community, that Hezbollah supporting Line 23. Their community is against. They are saying that, no, our rights are Line 29. So they had the support, the popular support, to really go after Line 29 and really stick to Line 29 with whatever the circumstances would have been, whatever the implications and the results would have been. So it was the right thing for the uh, MPs, the 13, to stick to that, to say that we MPs, we this is how we see it. Line 29 is rightful. We want to fight for it. They asked the government for immediate amendment of decree 6433 it didn't happen then they said if it doesn't happen we will send a law and uh, uh, to the parliament they did that but it never reached to where it should reach because we all know that there is a wall called Nabih Birri in the parliament he passes it on the, he puts on agenda what he wants and he doesn't put what the things that doesn't that he doesn't want and third they said that if things continue in this direction where there is no action or we're going into the direction of line 23 there will be uh, an investigation that is going to take place, a parliamentary committee for, to investigate this issue from 2007 till 2022. And this investigation shouldn't be stopped by anyone because if people are right, let's say Mr. Sanyura is saying that he defended Line 23 and today he's saying, you see, Line 23 was the right line, you wasted 10 years of our life. So let it be an investigation, let it be clarity to say that, okay, this is, these are the circumstances, these are the results, these are the facts, these are the information. People, people deserve to know why we are in this co complete mess about this bo uh, maritime border issue. So I think it was the right thing for them to do, and they did it together, but because there was a lot of work that had happened before. Again, that's why guidance support is important for the 13 on all port uh, portfolios and dossiers and issues it's my one chance to ask you about this because we 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 talk <coughs> uh, we do talk a lot but not about this delicate subject so it's my chance i spoke to najat actually two weeks ago about it but i didn't go all the way so i'll, I'll go all the way with you uh i think the lines are simply lines 
So it's not that 29 is uh, God's sort of dictation to Lebanon. And line 23 could be problematic. It's not that line 23 is correct per se. But in terms of just, and forget senora, senora aside, the fact that almost 12 years ago, the process had started and it had reached somewhere where, you tell me if I'm wrong, Lebanon and Cyprus had already made terms with each other that allowed something like Line 23 to be what made most sense between those two countries. And then you fast forward 12 years later, things that happened in the last 12 years, going towards Line 29 would require so many things, including that amendment, which I understood correctly, is that you have to file an amendment. Yes. Uh, and that it's going to be a position where we will never get a deal. And it reminded me, and you tell me if it's not the same, it reminded me of Shaba. Not, not in the, not in Hezbollah's no, no. Uh, legitimization, not that, more that this is never going no, to be solved. No, why not that? Why not that? Today, you're getting a bad deal with Hezbollah's uh, support for that bad deal. I'm sorry, this is not uh, just like a, Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, mm. or something mm. en passant. Yeah. No, this is an important issue. Today, mm. Hezbollah decided to use its weapon and its strength on a bad deal mm. because it was in its favor, because it, put, it really now has points with the U.S. that they will use it later because everybody knows that Line 23 is a bad deal and we could have had more. So, they all decided to kill Line 29 and to go and, and, uh, and uh, if you want, to ask for less. And when did Hezbollah intervene? With Line 23. So today you ended up having a deal, but who got you the deal, according to what they're saying? Mm. It's Hezbollah, because Hezbollah at the right moment, mm. he intervened to get a bad deal. So let, let me tell yeah. you. So if he could have intervened, why didn't he intervene in line 29, which is the rightful line or border for Lebanon? Why didn't he intervene in that? First of all, because Mr. Berry was against it. So the Shia duo comes first for him because he doesn't want to have problems with, uh, with them, right? So, and then he doesn't want to give the upper hand to the army and saying that the army got us a good deal so what's the reason that of Hezbollah if the army got us a good deal? So they didn't want to support the army. He decided to, pour, to support a bad deal. With the bad deal, Mr. Najib Mi'ati is saved, Mr. Birri is saved, and the president is getting what he wants before the end of his mandate, and they're getting all the credit. So who is the winner of the Line 23? Hezbollah. No one else. You will not get the benefits of the oil and gas. With a system like that, corrupt, weak institutions, poor governance, you will never get the benefit of oil and gas. So who's the winner of this deal, the bad deal? It's Hezbollah. So whomever killed Line 29 isn't bad with Hezbollah. You have to live with that, Yaroni. I look at it slightly differently. And again, I did not kill any babies. <laughs> I think whether I was alive or not, <laughs> This was going to happen. <laughs> so I, did, I don't kill children <laughs> or anyone. 
it's that it's a baby baby lionfish now everybody is saying that we have lionfish no it's actually really trying to understand the timing it's really about that it's not that i have no relationship to 23 or 29 look in 2012 we were supposed to get half we didn't get it today you're getting more than half you're getting line 23 more or less, yeah. More it's less. more than half. Uh, sorry, more or less line 23. I don't think it is 23. No, it's but line it's, 23, it, but on the, on the, on the, uh, if you want it, on the, uh, uh, No, but even there's No, no, on the, on the shores, on the yeah. shores, it's right. like you might it's take, like, give, forward. like the Israelis, right. like a starting point With for those it. boys and those, but, but let me, let, I'll say what I, the way I see it. That, yeah. that, the boys, is again, it's not just something like en passant. That means that Hezbollah now is securing the safety and security of Israel. You understand? No. Okay, I think Do you understand the implications of killing Line 29? I think th- today, the one who's going to secure the borders with Israel is Hezbollah. So that is a big issue for them, and they, they will want to get something out of it. So they're supporting a bad deal, they're securing the safety of Israel, and they want something for that so I'll, I'll with s- the Americans. I'll say it, I'll say it, uh, perhaps the flawed way I see it perhaps the flawed way I should have taken this course really (laughs) no because Uh, I I have a question actually (laughs) in regards to let me me make my point (laughs) then you can get your A plus (laughs) (laughs) I never got that you never got yeah help me Lori help me yes Hezbollah can obstruct line 23 and didn't Hezbollah, if it didn't want Line 23 to go through, we would not have this very near deal happening. So Hezbollah's inclination to Line 23, I don't think, is because the opponents of Line 29, all of them, want Hezbollah to be the defense of the country. I think it's just about timing. Line 29 did not seem like it was going, that it was ever set up to work. Whether it's right or wrong is something else. Meaning, it could still be the right line. Actually, there could be even a line thirty. No, no. Why wouldn't it work? No, let no. This is not. This is not. You're you're taking us to the wrong place. Line twenty nine says the starting point of that line is Ras al Naura, which is our official borders with Palestine, nineteen twenty three. It the is British, our, uh, it is French. our right, and this is our borders. Ras al Naura, very clear where it starts. It's that it's the starting point of line 29 is Ras al-Naura. Then, then, wait, then according to the methodologies of the unclosed that we had signed, we are saying that we do the equidistant la la li la la la, and then special circumstances, Tachelet. Yes. Tachelet is very close to the shores of Israel. Right, yeah. And then we decided as Lebanese government, Tachelet shouldn't be taken into consideration because of the disproportionate impact Okay, right. because yeah. we will lose a lot of yeah. uh, the kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why the government's position when they started or the negotiating team that was supported and created by the president yeah. was that line 29 is the right line for us or the border. Starting point, the correct starting point, Tekhelet, zero effect because there is a disproportionate impact and this is what they went with. Okay, hmm. and then because we were so right in that narrative, in 2020, October 2021, on 12 October 2021, a year ago, there was a decision by the ICJ, the International Court yeah. of Justice, yes. 
in the in the uh, in the Kenya Somalia case where one party was arguing that there is a group of islands very close to the shores. They wanted to give them the full effect because they were close to the shores. ICJ said no because of the, that, that disproportionate impact. Mm. Therefore, if you would have taken that precedent, legal mm. precedent mm. from the ICJ, you would put it in Lebanon, then you were rightful in line 29. Even Amos Hochstein had said it on an instant interview. He said, yes, maybe it's your right, but you have to work with reality and what you can take. You have nothing, take something. That was the attitude. You know, so therefore, yeah. therefore, when you are weak, when you are not able, like when, you, when you're in a situation where our political class is, they're not allowed even to negotiate national interest issues like the border because so, they're so weak, they're so compromised. They're so compromised. So line 29 is your rightful line. You're telling me you will not get it. Why? So why it happened that line 23, we had drones flying over the borders. Why you couldn't fly line 29, uh, the, the drones when we, we were fighting for line 29? Why? This is a question but for yeah, Hezbollah no. and all the community of so, Hezbollah. So Instead of attacking no. right, right, left and center, line 29 was the rightful line. Why didn't they do it for political reasons? And because they wanted to score points that will help them later on in their agenda with the Americans and with the French. So and this is a reality that we have to take it. So the narrative that Hezbollah yeah. is defending our oil and gas, Hezbollah is defending national interest is wrong. They should have defended line 29 and not line 23. They are defending a bad deal. They are defending the security of Israel. They're defending a bad deal and we will never see the benefits of oil and gas. So before we get to Rawat's mm. question, I will, I'll ask it in a way and see whether or not I'm, what I'm saying adds up properly. Uh, Hezbollah has the veto over any line, meaning that if this was not a good deal right now, for their security concerns, we would not have a deal. Okay. So let's say let's take that as they can flex their muscle right now if they need to quash this deal, and they haven't. Okay. Okay. So let's say that they they there's a certain controlling factor they have over any line and any deal, whether it happens or not. In my mind, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Ten years ago, the effort that was being made was not a Hezbollah motivated deal. Wasn't that Hezbollah was whispering about line 23? You should do line 23. That's better. Yes. Right. So it's. I saw that as maybe a missed opportunity, maybe, maybe, in picking up where the state left off, meaning going all the way to line 29 could be such, could be principled, could be right, could be, and it is maximalist, but that it inevitably leads to a stalled negotiation, regardless. We were going to war over a bad deal. Line 23 is a bad deal. And we were going to war because of that. We were threatening Israel that we are going to war in 1st of September, mid-September, and now we're saying that, ah, uh, no, yeah, maybe, maybe not, because we're getting to a deal. We were going to war for a bad deal. So they were using their weapons and they were using their escalatory power and they were using their whatever threatening power to go after a bad deal. You have to ask yourself, why are they doing this? Hezbollah cannot fight Israel. 
This is this is to scare us into submission. Look, look I'm not saying that they wanted to go. My analysis at that time was that they are defending a bad deal, and mm. this is the case. Okay. They were supporting yeah. a bad deal. This is a bad deal. Look, you were telling me in 2012 yeah. that we were about to get the Hof line, which is less than now the line 23. I think uh, But no, we were we were, we were saying that the Hof, the Hof line was line, not good enough. Hof line was the Hof was line was not good enough. Less than line 23. Okay, no, it was uh, splitting yeah. the 860 square kilometers between Lebanon and Lebanon, Israel. 45. So it was north of Line 23. Today right. you're getting Line 23. You're getting all of 860 square kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. You, they will, they will use it as a victory because we got all the 860 square kilometers. Mm. And this is what the Israelis are using against the deal, saying that you gave them everything. Right? So mm. because they yeah. gave them everything, we but, got everything. But according to line 29 exactly is, is we, we right. have bigger yeah, yeah, so you yeah. have to see it that yeah. way yeah, yeah. and line 23 is already a random line that has no uh, if you want foundations legal foundations or technical foundations so today what we're trying to say is like it has foundation though. we it's something we renegotiated with cyprus there's it's there's not you negotiated that's that deal uh, that line is a random line that was not negotiated with anyone It's what okay. we proposed to the UN It, in 2012. Yes, right? yeah. yes, because unilaterally we did the deal. Yeah. Our deal with Cyprus was mm. like like another thing, another yeah. map. Yeah. Okay, but the idea is like the Israelis use that map and the tripoint. Yes, yeah. so, and they yeah, use yeah. the tripoint, which is line one, and this is how they went from the point, the starting point that they wanted, which was pushing from Ras al Naura because they don't want to give up Ras al Naura. For them, it is it yeah. is a military point. Yeah. So today, Lebanon is giving away Ras al Naura, which will have implications on the land. They're they're trying to uh, they're trying to say that no, the land is separate from the mar maritime. But the moment you're not you're not guaranteeing Ras al Naura and you're not claiming it, you, it will have an implication on the land borders. So the Israelis have pushed north to the land uh, to the uh, Ras al Naura. They stick to a point and then they went and chose line one, which uh, point one, which was on the map between Lebanon and Cyprus. That was never ratified. Yeah. Going forward today. Mm. So, so to to end this uh, this yeah. uh, this thing, first of all, if this deal is ratified between Lebanon and Israel, that means there should be ratification of the deal between Lebanon uh, between Israel and Cyprus because that right. point, the right. tri-point, changes, mm -hmm. yes. and that will open the discussions between Lebanon and Cyprus to start the negotiations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on finalizing the border because we don't have maritime borders, and that will have implications on the Syria-Lebanon-Cyprus border. Right. So we'll have to negotiate with the Syrians as well. Yeah. Syrians and Cypriots are looking at the, what the negotiations today. Yeah. The implications of these negotiations, which are far away from any international law methodology, will have implications on that. Can you imagine the Syrians saying to the Lebanese, you with the enemy, you didn't choose the international law, you come and impose on us the international law? We want the same, the same uh, uh, deal whatever that deal is, whatever the parameters of that deal are. So there is implication of what we're doing today so that we are going to wait and see. But let me tell you something. Again, an investigation mm. is in the, in the benefit of everyone mm. because mm -hmm. if there are people mm. that had really worked hard in yeah. 27 and uh, until 2012, yeah. they need to be recognized. Right. And if they were mistakes, we need to know as well. Mm. Okay, yeah. because we cannot continue not having accountability in this country. Yeah. So that that this dossier is very important to open that door. Mm. So 
if people have done good things, they need to be recognized. Yeah. If they done bad, th bad things, we need to know how they did it, etc., and then take another path. So that investigation is very important. Mm. At the same time, that's being pitched by the thirteen, or uh, yes, that's, that's yeah, yes. Okay. But I'm I'm pushing that as well yeah, because yeah. sometimes I feel they forget about that, and I think that's very important until like the, until the last day of my life. I'll keep on pushing for oh, that okay. if it doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, so this till is... till the end of whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that needs to happen. It's very important for accountability yeah. and for history. Yeah. We need to do, to document all of these. Like after us, there will be people who will write books on this. So they need. To to have the right story. Until now, we don't know. Why did Mr. Miati get the study and put it in the drawer? I don't know if he put it in the drawer or he, he just threw it in the in the bin. Let so, me, you let, know? Let me so, invite <laughs> Rawad, though, to ask this question because he wanted to ask Best, you. I want to yeah, tell yeah, you something sure, on, sure. on this yeah. to mm -hmm. end. Yeah. People worked in 2007 according to what they knew. Right. Yeah. Then they built their capacities. People drew the line 20, in 2011 or whatever time according to what they knew. Right. Then yeah. capacities were, yes. uh, were uh, they acquired capacities. Mm -hmm. So it's not all about like who did the mistake and who needs to be punished, who gave away, who is Amil, who yeah. is Midrimin. I don't like these words. Yeah. At the end of the day, there were people dealing with this portfolio sometimes we deal with portfolio that we have no idea with like they will send people to to cyprus they have no idea how to do the delimitation yeah. so yeah. there is a capacity problem there is a mismanagement problem it's not all about umala you're an, you're the the agent of the zionist to midrimin how do the big words amir sahyuni midrimin it's not about that few people are in charge in their in power they get information and according to this information they work and this is how you need to see it Yaroni. No. at yeah. that time these were the data that they had these were the information yeah. that they had so any advisor any person that had to do with the portfolio they had to do to deal with things that they were given mm -hmm. you're not an expert in that but if you're the advisor of the prime minister and you were given this information you work according to this information mm -hmm. you don't go and look for the technicality so the problem is with the technical people and with the technical people that we said don't have the capacities this is the issue and this is how we need to see it at the end of the day يعني accusing each other of like انت you're less Lebanese than I am انا مطبعة انت لا انت مدرمين خلصنا بقى it's too much we are all Lebanese trying to live in this country trying to have a peaceful life and then everybody has diversity that's good diversity is good we want to live in a dictatorship but we need to manage diversity and this is like the challenge going forward yeah. Now, with the new president, the new government, with the MPs that we have, the 13 MPs, we need to push for this new social contract, this new social system that we need to create and political system. We cannot keep on going this way. Hezbollah needs to understand they are Lebanese living with other Lebanese. They're not living with, uh, with enemies in the country. Now they're taking us to a place where there is Hezbollah and allies and the enemy on the other side. We're in the, we are all Lebanese. We're not enemies. Hezbollah is not my enemy. I'm not his enemy. We have disagreements that we need to manage. If I'm with Line 29, doesn't mean that I work for the Israelis or the Americans. I will save this. This this Hezbollah. I'll leave it at the end because we can end on something which is important, obviously. But I want to hear this question. I think she already answered the question. Oh, she answered it. Oh, minutes, oh, okay. I can add on. I can add on to what you already answered it very well. Which so was what? Yeah. It was regarding the technicalities yeah. and. Uh, and w what went wrong initially in the first place and whether Line 29 could have 
add any added value since after all those mistakes, you already answered it very okay. well. But okay. I think I'm going to add on to something that she just said, which is this, you know, this enemy-like approach with everyone in the country. I mean, even, you know, coming from, from the South and coming from this environment in particular, I mean, Hezbollah supporters, they're our neighbors, they're our cousins, they're, they're people in our villages, they're people we interact with on everyday basis. And coming from this background and from the South, there's always this approach that, especially within, it's 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 relevant in Hezbollah's community and it's relevant in Hezbollah's opponents and opposition mm. that they're people who we cannot live with and the other people say that they they're people who they're not Lebanese enough and they're you know checking their blood steam every other day, which is obviously not the case. And here I would emphasize on one thing that yes, we really need to understand how we're dealing with with each other in this country. I mean. What Hezbollah tries to do every other day is that everyone who opposes me is an Israeli or American agent. And on the other side, everyone who opposes Hezbollah claims that everyone who supports Hezbollah is not Lebanese enough. Mm -hmm. And this just dilemma, it's so hectic and so fragile in its sense. I mean, this is not really the case. Not everyone who supports Hezbollah for one reason or another is not Lebanese enough. And not everyone who opposes Hezbollah is an American or a Zionist agent. And I mean, if if we look at the daily the daily lives of people, especially in the South in particular, it's not the case. I mean, we have people who are neighbors and who have been having opposing political views for years and years. I mean, yes, today Hezbollah is a strong political actor. 20 years ago, it was not the case. 20 years later, it may be the case and it may not be the case. But the end point of the story is that we are doomed to live with each other in this country, be it people with opposing political views from the same sect, or be it people of the same views in different sects, or sects and be it different sects all in all. So I will expand on this. This is why I would yeah. really indulge on the need of a new social pact in the country because this chaos that we have been living and especially post October 17 till now because before I mean I think you know the political discussions were kind of handled one way or another but the chaos we've been living ever since yeah. the system broke yeah. in in the moment of October 17 has been so burdensome Babda we could see now months on end without a president there is a real chance that we're going to have no president. Walk me through the thought process of choosing somebody that none of us knew existed, uh, whether or not this really was the right course. I thought there was optimism in the room. Actually, I spoke to maybe half of the 13 after they came down from Ma'arab. And I, I really sensed that there was something happening. A process was being used and then, out of nowhere, it's gone. So, why choose a name that is out of sync? And why really go against the process? And where's the blame? Is it with the 13? Is it with the Lebanese forces? Is it with Michel Mawad? Is he so toxic that the 13 can't accept him? And why is he that toxic? It doesn't really sit well with me because I think that's a missed opportunity. And that for me is maturity. 
You don't need to be so Puritan with Bob, though. So I'll start with you, Lori. Yes. Okay. First of all, Ma'arab needs to understand they need to be more modest. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. That's very important because <laughs> this condescending attitude of Ma'arab is not helping. Okay, this mm. is one. Mm. And then you need to understand that today there is that tendency of saying that the issue is only Hezbollah and we need to make sure that we're not getting a president that is pro-Hezbollah which is not the same understanding with the MPs, mm. the 13 MPs. We do have a different understanding of the situation. We went to the streets to demonstrate against the system that has been placed since 1990 that had led to this collapse and to this failure of the state. So therefore, Hezbollah is a very important problem, but you have the other problem, which is corruption and monopoly, etc., etc., state corruption. So these two cannot make us, they cannot force us now to play their game when it comes to Babda. So this was the position of the 13. Hezbollah made a good point saying that I'm voting white, blank, but I have 63 people. So mm -hmm. I still have mm -hmm. two that I can get them mm -hmm. very easy. Mm -hmm. And then I can choose my uh, president. Yeah. They didn't do that. They yeah. were kind of signaling that they are open for discussion because they cannot handle the failure on their shoulders. The next president will be the one that will sign on the death of the republic. So they don't want to take that responsibility. Yeah. Okay? So the other That's camp... That's well said. Yeah. yeah. So the other camp, the Lebanese forces, and with them uh, at that uh, one point in time, Sam uh, Ismail, um, etc., they decided... I mean, I, I didn't include them because the, the numbers really are in the... the, in the yeah, so they sorry. chose yeah. Michel Ma'awad, very good choice for someone to fight Hezbollah. Great choice. If I were like my fight was Hezbollah only, I would have chosen Michel Ma'awad, definitely. The best person to fight Hezbollah. My choice, my, my battle is not against Hezbollah, it's against the system. Therefore, I had to choose someone that fits into that. Okay? You see Michel Ma'awad as the fighter against Hezbollah for me? I think of him as, by default, incapable of challenging them even remotely, whether he's in Ba'abda or out of Ba'abda. I think of him as shackled to begin with. The fact is, he comes from an earlier family. The fact is, there's the name, the legacy, and that he's endorsed by the Uwit and Kata'ib and the like. But Michel Ma'awad fighting Hezbollah? I mean, he's, he's, he will have no capacity to fight he's Hezbollah. He's positioning himself exactly. as the, the president who is going, going to, oppose to oppose the plan of Hezbollah. So okay? this is how he is positioning himself. Yeah. And this is how the parties which are endorsing him are positioning themselves. Exactly. But so that, but we that, have that to is too toxic for the 13? That that's because he's positioning himself that way? That's the problematic... Because we have bigger issues than just focusing on Hezbollah. Today, the it's not about this duality, Hezbollah against Hezbollah, pro-Hezbollah against Hezbollah. This is not the situation. So, it so, is a failed state. Okay, we have so to do I have more no, than that. I have no... So, sorry, I will interrupt you, Laurie. I, 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 yes. I, yeah, I want to hear. Yalla. I have nothing, no relationship to Salim Eddi. I yes. don't know. Or the other guy that came and went. Okay. What was his name? Uh... What was his name? Salah Hnin. I don't know these people. Most of us didn't know them. But hold on, hold on. Putting an outsider 
whether he's the son of a previous minister or not, somebody we don't know, who's mostly into gems, or he has a mineral museum. The museum, yes, he has many. He has an IT company. He has one of the biggest. It's one of the best. Best companies that has employed Lebanese, that has supported Lebanon. Living in France, is that right? And employs many people. And putting him in Babda, I, it doesn't make sense. Look, I'm going to be very, very frank on something. I think the... You need a political name. I think the presidential session was originally just a showcase of muscles for all the blocs and for positioning themselves for negotiations. Yeah. Exactly. Given the fact yeah. that this session in the first place was not meant to elect any president, mm-hmm. the fact that there was uh, no concrete name by anyone is uh, is one thing to note. Yeah. I personally believe that the Lebanese forces and the... Uh, and the Kateb and Sami Jmail and everyone else, yeah. they know for a fact that Michel Mawad is not someone who can make it to Babda in the right. next period. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. I think they were showcasing their, uh, where they're starting to negotiate. They're starting to negotiate with a president who is opposing to Hezbollah, or at least that's how he positioned mm. himself. Mm. And that's how he was. Uh, he uh, how others positioned him as well. Yeah, the others have positioned themselves as a concrete block that's ready to negotiate on something yeah. else. Yeah, and I think the thirteen MPs, disregarding if uh, Salim there was a great naming choice or not, we can discuss that later. Mm. With the positioning they did. Uh, I personally have many comments on many actions they've taken before. They meaning the Lebanese forces, not the 13. No, no, I'm talking about the 13. 13. 13. 13. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I have many comments on positions they've taken and on stances they've taken over the past couple of months. But on that thing in particular, uh, I think they did the right choice Mm. by differentiating themselves from the March 14 camp, Mm. who set their priority as we want a president who is opposing Hezbollah. But I think the president that we need and the president that the people need is not a president who only wants to oppose Hezbollah. So so can I can I just So we agree on that. I want to interrupt again. Hold on, hold on. on. I'm sorry, Laurie, I have to interrupt. Interrupt. Yeah, I'm sorry. Discuss about that. We were gonna get into this. What what, what, what president we want. Yeah, okay, so let's let's go down this road. Let's say uh, did you say they need to get off their mod how did you frame Lebanese forces? <laughs> they need to be more modest. More modest. More modest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there anything to naming a political name from the 13 that is, I mean, is it just an absolute no? Because for me, still, still, Babda is not where civil society aspirations are. Babda is a symbol, it's always been a symbol. And a family name makes sense there. Whether or not that family name does the right thing or the wrong thing is something else. But it seems so unlikely to me that short of a dy- dynastic name, which may not appeal to me or you, or I don't care necessarily about Azgharta family preserving its name in Babda. It's not that. It's that the alternative in recent history is the army. And you either get an army commander or you get a familiar name. And for me... If it's going to be a familiar name, I don't want it to be Michel Aoun's nephew or Sleiman Frangie or the usual suspects that always lurk in the background and we know where they stand. Okay. So, Michel, so okay. hold on, hold on. Michel Mawad to me is not just anti-Hezbollah. Michel Mawad can make it to Babda. 
No, he can't. Okay. So Perfect. this so this is where the thirteen. I'm curious, really. Yes. Why the name of why naming Salim Adde was a move taken by the let thirteen? Let me. I tell you. If can I? Can I just uh, just uh, yeah. say and then I let you because I like your ideas. So I'm learning from you, <laughs> and I get inspired by you. School of Rawat Taha. Yes. So and this is very inspiring for me. I'm mm. f- I, on 13 October. I turn 47. This guy is a young guy. He is the future, and I want my son to learn from him, you know, inspired by his mother, but learn from uh, the young generation that is closer to him. And this is very important. This evolution, this is the evolution. I cannot stay there for long, for Mm -hmm. ever, and then inject all my my disappointments, my uh, bad choices, etc., on the next generation. So it is important for my son. Exactly, it's it's important for. I'm sure, like Rawad has taken one. 0.1% 0.1% from me, and then he is now e- elaborating his own views, and then I would like my son to get inspired by people like him, and this is how we built the country. To really do some re-reforms, we need to open up this position to all Christians and start with Armenians, because now we're like a small community. We need to feel part of this country. It's we really, should it's be like open Michelle to Mawad, the, uh, two, two good people, Armenians. Two good people in my mind. Are Michel Mawad and Ziad Barud. They're both good people. They're both good people. Ziad Barud has absolutely no capabilities when it comes to Hezbollah. He will stay silent the whole time. He will reach Baabda as a shackled leader without any curiosity or ability to touch that problem. Michel Mawad will face the same. But Michel Mawad has no chance of reaching Baabda. He has no chance of reaching, but he faces the same exact situation. For me, though, it's about representing Lebanon. It's not about just the... No, no, it's... Let me tell you. Let me tell you. So to finish with Salim Idde and then move on to who should represent Lebanon. So Salim Idde was one among many that we had, we've been discussing among the 13. Mm. So who could be the next president? If we were in a different country... And in a normal country, Salib Idde is the right profile. Mm-hmm. The guy mm-hmm. has all the qualities to be a president of the republic. He has done so much for education. Yeah. He has done so much for culture. He has done so much for the economy. He's been employing so much Lebanese in his companies, etc. So he is a really good person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So because we're not in a normal country, we have other criteria to choosing it. But it doesn't mean that if in the first round we have decided on Salim Eddi that this is like, oh my God, what did they have done? This is a positioning. Because, exactly. Because as Rawat said, and I remember very well because I was in the room when Mark was talking to the media, and this is exactly what he was saying, what exactly Rawat was saying. The first round was to position themselves and it was like the first round of negotiations who what are our positions so for the 13 it was like we're not in the pocket of uh, uh, Sami Jaja right, yeah. and we're definitely we're not in the camp of Hezbollah so we have a different approach that needs to be respected and plus don't forget that we had a pres- presidential initiative we had done a paper exploring and looking at what are the situation uh, the situation now and what are the challenges for the future and what could be the profile of the president we did the outreach to others we heard everyone we heard all the parties what they wanted and what was their red line or what they were open for and then this was the outcome for us at that moment. But what is, we shouldn't what, what, be judged on that. No, I, on the contrary, we did the distinction. Yeah. And now we today in now the we parliament. Negotiate. Exactly. So what happened, three to, this, what happened the to the positivity of that? What felt like there was something happening. 
the coming to terms okay. in the mountain. I'll, what happened to that? I'll talk on that in particular. Yeah. Because I think I have uh, a certain understanding of what's going on. Mm. Today, the political reality in the country is very explicit to everyone. Mm. Hezbollah has a blocking third, so you can't uh, get someone into Baabda who opposes Hezbollah. Those who oppose Hezbollah have a blocking third, mm-hmm. so you can't get a Hezbollah candidate. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah. So today, if we're talking about a reasonable profile that has the chance of getting to Baabda, is someone who is nonpartisan, unless they want to have a vacancy in the presidential palace for the next yeah. uh, couple of uh, years, that's something else. Yeah. What happened was that the MPs have toured around all the parliamentary blocks and all other parties with this presidential initiative. It's very long. It could have been shorter as a start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at least uh, as an initiative, they toured uh, and they visited all parliamentary members and everyone agreed that their initiative is right because we don't want to be at a presidential vacancy and we all know the balance of power in the country mm. and the only person who's going to actually make it to Baabda before we go into a vacancy is someone who is non-partisan and who's ready to be leading uh, on a reform mission if I may say. Reform? With all respect to Michel Mawad who I personally have a good connection with uh, and to other people in his uh, in his party, mm-hmm. uh, Michel Maud does not have a chance because simply Hezbollah has a blocking third mm-hmm. to stop him. Mm-hmm. And basically, what March 14 and the Lebanese forces and uh, and other allies did is that they positioned themselves to start the negotiation. Mm. And I think that the 13 MPs did the right decision by positioning them themselves with a nonpartisan candidate, with someone who has a good profile and with someone who can lead on reform. And it's not personal about uh, yeah. about Iddi. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I think they all know for a fact that Iddi is not going to make it uh, right. to, yes. to the presidential palace, and he was not really a, a candidate to collect I'm votes thinking, for. I'm thinking sure more, gonna make more in something like just some... It's com- just a positioning. No, but it's more like in... I, I agree with you, Lori. I agree with you. Had things been better in this country, you don't need to worry about communal anxiety. You'd want somebody like Salim Iddi. But given where we are... It just felt like some communal legitimacy was appropriate. And maybe the fact is they're all family names running, the ones that have a chance and don't. And then at the end of the day, you know that it's not going to be Tracy Shamaon, Wala Michel Ma'awad, Wala probably not Stayman Frangi or Gibran Basile or whoever. It ends up going back to the army. And that for me is not a good situation. That's just. That's a continuation. Okay. Let, let I tell you something on that. Let me tell you. Yeah. On this issue of going back to the army and the chief of the army, that is because there's a problem in the system. Mm-hmm. And that ends up at the end of the day, like the best choice to avoid the vacuum is the chief of the army. This mm-hmm. is what we had mm-hmm. since Lies uh, Lahrewe. After Lies Lahrewe, yeah. we only had yeah. the chief of armies with the exception of, Jibra- of uh, Michel Aoun, who wasn't the chief of army, but he is from the army. So we he cannot- He was the chief of army. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm saying yeah. that not yeah. acting, not acting, but he was. Right, yeah. So there is a problem in this system. Yes, yeah. And we need to tackle that problem. That's why the president that has to come to Babda has to be able 
to deal with that problem. We have reforms first because this is like the short term now because the country is failing. Poverty rate is 8%, 80% or maybe now it's like more than that because we're not taking any action. No action is the strategy of Najib Mi'ati and co. So we, the president that has to come reforms, yes. So he has to have like really a harmony with the, 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 the team that has to work with him from the prime minister and co. And to work on that social contract and the political exactly. social and the political system, we need to look. We've been uh, we've been uh, in this system since 1990 with the Taif. No one is saying we want a new Taif. We need to improve the Taif. Okay, what worked? What didn't work? What would they apply? What wouldn't apply? And what's next? So we need to do that. We need to do that exercise. And we need to do that exercise while we are in peace. We shouldn't do it while we are at war. Do we want to go to the place where we are at war and then decide, oh my God, they're at war. So let's, let's take them to, I don't know which, which village in which uh, country to do that exercise. Now we need to do it. So that the president that has to be appointed to needs to work on that. He has to be able to talk to Hezbollah, to Jibran Basir, to uh, Mark Dow, to uh, Michel Mawa, to Sami Jmail, uh, to Nabil Badr, to I don't know what, to, to be able to put this thing on track and to work on this new political system that we need. We cannot continue this way. So if we're not getting there. The person you're describing is Joseph Aoun. And the reason Michel Mawa to me, even though I don't, I, I have a similar relationship that you have to him. Uh, the reason that I don't like that kind of person, I think is the same reason you guys don't want him in Baabda too. I think there are better qualified Lebanese to fill all these institutions. It's not about qualification, it's about the system. Because we're blocked in the system, sorry. because we're not dealing with the system sorry. blockage, uh, we're getting at no, the no. end of the day the I, same profile. I, I apologize. The chief of army, everyone is okay I, with. And it's not about qualification. Sorry, he has I, the, he's, he's I, a good person. I mean, there's 1.2 million Maronites in the country. Fucking I, hell, can't we yeah. get someone who's good into the sorry. presidential palace? I, I apologize with all respect to Michel Mawa. What I meant really is that Salim Iddi is as qualified, if not more. So the qualifications are important. I'm not saying anything. Uh, it's more that the one, the kind of personality that you're referring to is the head of the army. And the head of the army for me is paralysis. I'd rather have actually a communal legitimate, communally legitimate. He's not going to be confrontational. He can't be but somebody who at least speaks the right language in Baabda. And the closest person given the current crop is Michel Maud. Michel Maud is never going to make it to Baabda. This is the, yeah, the storyline to start so, with. So we're going back to either it's Hezbollah's choice or the army. Okay, if it's Hezbollah's choice of the army, mm. then my position myself is that we as at least the alternative mm. opposition, we should meddle out of that game and not play a role in picking mm. a candidate mm. between Hezbollah and an army general. Mm. Not with all my respect to the army general, but I think mm. we need a, a civilian to be in the Ba'abda palace. So the to lead but, let, but, but let me tell you yeah. something. No, it's not that it's either Hezbollah's choice or the well, chief of yeah, army. Exactly. Today, Hezbollah could have made it. They made a point to say that we have, we're voting blank. 
because they're opening the to discussions and they're open to negotiations. Why? Because they cannot handle a president pro Hezbollah like Michel Aoun, like that was like really, no, we know that Michel Aoun was supported from the beginning, from day one by Hezbollah till he was in, in Abda. They never choice. changed. They never changed. There, there, was, there was a deal that Michel Aoun will become their, the president. Their choice could be Ziad Baroud as no, long as Ziad Baroud doesn't talk. I'm just that's, saying that's that today we need to look at this space where Hezbollah feels that they cannot handle the collapse of the country with, with a, a president, president that, that they have chosen and they pushed for. So that gives us the opportunity to play that game and go and negotiate you for know, a president that want, we think could be this good for us, could be good for the 14th March and could be good so for the 8th of March. This, this and then it would be good for the country because we need to work, the three of us, to make this country so work. This will tie into... And we cannot exactly, continue exactly. with the, with the, this we will cannot tie continue with the this, disconnection this, that exists. And, and the, with this uh, vertical polarization that's happening uh, in the country. This, this polarization this is not th going to anywhere. This will tie into the Sarai and we'll wrap it up on the most important subject. Uh, I don't want civil society to get burned by Hezbollah. I don't want good people to not do anything from all institutions about this problem and and give the uh, seed everything that happened in the last three years or even the last but 17 years. Can I comment years. on something before yeah. you move yes, on with yes, that idea? Yes, sir. You said one important statement, yeah. which, which is you don't want the civil society or the alternative opposition mm -hmm. to be burned by Hezbollah. Yeah. But there's also a risk that this alternative opposition can get burned by the traditional opposition. And it's as as dangerous as both. So, and I think this... Ziad Baroud is more effective outside than he is in Ba'abda. The moment he becomes president, this is, I think, the worst, uh, this is the worst outcome for civil society. To have a shackled, very gentle, very uh, decent man who's going to say nothing and okay, do nothing about the about what is a huge problem in this country. Okay, but let me rephrase it in, in some other Michelle way. Michelle is slightly less handcuffed. Okay, but then again, slightly less. Then again going yeah. back to the first equation that we were talking about. And he's the reality. But he's what also is it that you're expecting from the, the president? Exactly. You yes, tell me. Yes, I agree. Okay, uh, so. You tell me. Yeah. I, here's my analogy. Michelle Mawad has something which is, he has legacy behind him. He has the traditional backing of enough of this community. And you're right, he's not going to make it. But I would rather have that kind of person representing this country now. But he's not going to make it. N but I That's know the whole point. You started yeah. with that. No president is going to make it into so Baghdad with the between, veto of Hezbollah. Um, uh, it's not Ziad Baroud. It's someone like him. It's either Ziad Baroud or Joseph Aoun. No, That's the choice. Let, uh, good, look, we are. you have to see the improvement that is happening, the, the evolution. We had uh, Michel Sleiman who opposed and at the end, he was opposing Hezbollah, and that's why they just like... On his like, last two weeks of presidency, uh, he started talking. And no more on than his, two on, weeks. Two months? On more his than way two out, weeks. On his way out. Okay, so then we had, like, uh, the president, Michel Aoun, and now today we're open to have someone that is not completely in the camp of Hezbollah. Don't you take that uh, chance? Don't you don't you see it as an opportunity for us? Somebody and don't you see it as an as a direct result of the revolution of the 17 October? Today, Hezbollah, the moment that no, they opened up. No, what I see, Lori, instead is a return to October 16, 2019, where you have shackled leaders and Hezbollah is left alone. 
the IMF yeah. deal happens, you get somebody like Amr Bisat becomes the prime minister, right? Somebody like him, an IMF guy, becomes prime minister. Jihad Azour becomes president, a World Bank IMF guy. You get an IMF deal, Hezbollah is left alone, and we sit in paralysis. But again, and we go back to October 16. We don't go back to again, October 16. We cannot, you cannot. You cannot. You have no two issues. You have two issues. You have the IMF. And you have the, the political contract. political reform that has to happen. Today we're focused on the economic reform, but there is a political reform that needs to happen. This. To have the political reform, you cannot have someone that is not able to, to talk, talk to Hezbollah. So let's go here. From Hezbollah is a problem. You have to talk to to solve the problem. You, they will not disappear. These are Lebanese that have... A foreign agenda, very dangerous, because as Lebanese entity, as a Lebanese political party, they have a foreign agenda. They said it. I'm not saying it. They said it. So you need to tackle that issue because today I don't like that we are going into the direction of Iran and being a Mumena country. I don't like that. I need to solve that problem. We'll leave Iran and Hezbollah. So I have to to talk to Hezbollah. And to talk to Iran to solve this problem. We'll leave. We'll leave that to the end. Let me. Let me just get into the Saraish way. Is it fair to say that Nawaf Slim, knowing his limitations, knowing his previous political career, knowing his legacy and his heritage and his family tradition, all that, is it fair to say now it was a mistake not to fully endorse this person? That it was a strategic blunder to have. Some within the 13. That my your friends, the Lebanese forces didn't endorse him. Yes. I'm talking about so, us. No, my, because you were saying that how come you didn't endorse Michelle Ma'awad and you didn't do... I'm talking about both. Do, no, no, yeah. I mean, today, no, no, no. Why I'm, did... No, look, we endorsed... My friends, the yes. Lebanese. I'm going to take that from you. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we did We did endorse uh, Nawaf Salam. We ended up like with discussions no, no, within I'm the MPs. About, no, I'm, I'm just saying to, to you. He's talking we, about the 13 altogether. I'm, talking about I'm telling you, the 13, we ended up like having one, one or, or two. two. Three. and Cynthia. Five. Three and yes, Jradi. Okay, so these are 10 out of 13. They were able to go there and put his name. Okay, so and then who didn't support that uh, announcement? The Lebanese forces. No, no, Why I'm is that? Because they, were, they weren't leading on the name. They were like, but he didn't talk to us. Okay, so pick up the phone and talk to the guy. Understand what he wants. They didn't do that. Okay, I'm not, so I'm not, forget the no, no, I agree no, with you. I agree with but you. These are important. No, no, these are saying, important I'm actions is, I'm going back. about like the division that is happening in the country. Yeah. We need, it is very clear that the 13 I guess what I'm are not in say, the pocket of exactly. the 14 March and not in the pocket the, the, of the 8th of and March. The political debate is not a vertical, polarized exactly. debate only regarding Hezbollah. Exactly. You can oppose Hezbollah in terms of issues about sovereignty, issues about foreign relations, but at instances, I will not be afraid to say that I may at some point in parliament agree with Hezbollah on something that I disagree with the Lebanese forces on and vice versa. And this needs to be very clear to everyone. It's my mistake for not explaining. I meant more that the Puritans that we were talking about earlier found problems with Nawaf Slim. For me, Nawaf Slim is going to be as uh, capable as somebody like Ziad Barut. There's going to be built-in limitations. I just didn't know why that name was not fully endorsed by the 13. I completely agree with 13 you, lawyer. Uh, 10, 10 out, out of 13, 13 is endorsement. 
Oh, okay. So 10 out of 13 is endorsement. Yes. Okay. Okay. Of course. Fine. Okay. But this was the yeah. name that we put. We ended up going Fair to enough. the president and yeah. we gave that name and he got so out of the 13, 10 okay. nominated. Okay. Where are the others? Why did the others supported? So you had like how many? 18, 17 Lebanese forces and peace. Why didn't you do she, that? She points at me. Yes. Yeah, so now I see you that the, as, the, as the Lebanese <laughs> forces uh, a fan. Where's my membership? <laughs> you have to ask Sami Jaja for it. <laughs> I, I can give you the Taqaddum boutique. Hotel. I'll take boutique hotel <laughs> before I take them. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll take me for now. <laughs> I guess what I, I I just don't know why. I think it's the thirteen MPs are suffering the most because they get the lashes from Hezbollah and the lashes from the Lebanese course. voices yeah. and the lashes from Me, I gave this group I think the <laughs> biggest benefit of the doubt. So I hold on, hold on, hold on. I think we need to let those no. 13 MPs no, no, no. breathe. This is my get time. To each other. Before we get wrap to it up. Agree and get to work. Before we yes. wrap it up, I'm going to say something I never said this way. I've given the benefit of the doubt to the 13 and more for the last three years. Actually, when no one was talking to Mintishreen, I was talking to Mintishreen. I did so many episodes about Mintishreen. Kitle Watani was never going to win Wala seat. I made sure they all got exposure. Takadum, Mark Dao was one of my first episodes in October 17. Uh, I gave many people that I don't like in <laughs> October 17, <laughs> including people that you know that are very difficult to speak with, that get angry, that smash tables and they stand up. They have a following. I listen to them. I sat here. Shad Ghusun, Shabin, Nahas, even. I include them in this October 17 moment. I tried reaching out to Cynthia Zarazir. She plays hard to get. <laughs> she canceled five times. Uh, Halima Kakur, I'm sorry. I don't think I agree with most of what she says. She keeps saying Hezbollah is not the issue. I think it is. But I would talk to her. Waddah Sade, Ibrahim Naimni. Uh, who else? I mean, we know the great job. No, no, no. But hold on, hold on, hold on. But you appreciate wait, the no, job no, no. That you're doing. I, I sit in every uh, launch party. I listen to Wasif Haraki say things that made no sense to me. I <laughs> sorry, Mada, Secular Society, uh, AUB clubs that make no sense to me. I listened. I attended. But I also did go to Lebanese forces uh, events. I went to Kateb once too. Yes. And I wanted to listen to anyone that's talking about the problem. I did not go to the FPM rallies. I did not go to Harakat Amal launch Why? parties. I didn't Why? go to SSNP uh, uh, boutique rallies. In but Hamra. we need to work on a social contract with everyone. Hold on, hold on. The reason I didn't go to those select groups is because they stand on the wrong side of history. And the reason I don't go to Hezbollah for inspiration is a very clear thing to me. But short of that group, I do want to know what people are saying. And we can wrap it up with Hezbollah. Okay, so this is an episode in itself. But Just remember that the Lebanese forces went into a deal with Michel Aoun and they brought him to Baghdad. I am not a Lebanese forces member. I know. <laughs> I know, but I you are like, you I'm not. I, I know, I know not you're not. not, I know you're not, but I'm just saying, today and, and they won. I voted for Kamil Murani. Ashraf Rifi was running in Tripoli. Hey. But his list, I voted for Kamil Murani. I, I have no doubt. No, no, the, the wait list was in front of me. I voted for Kitli and co. Some of them are crazy people you on that list. You got Rami Sanjian to parliament, that's a good thing. I didn't even know it was him when I was talking to him the other day. I'm like, oh, that's, I voted for you. Eh, and he's like, 
You did? Did you <laughs> yes. bring him to, did you bring him to her, to your program? No, but I got his card. It's He's a dentist. I don't I know. know actually. <laughs> or I think no. he is. I had to double I mean, check. There's on a that. lot of people who got into parliament. Yeah, orthodontist, so I think. So anyway, anyway, but let's But he he seems like a very good guy. He seems like a lovely guy and my heart is with this crowd. But I am not absolutist. Lori, I will listen to what the Lebanese forces are saying. Because unlike you, and maybe unlike you, I don't have a problem with March 14. You do. You do maybe too. I don't. Of course I do. I don't. What I see is a curtailed movement destroyed individually and politically and emotionally, all of the above, by Hezbollah. October 17 is faced with the same... No, by themselves. They shot themselves in the foot. By themselves. I'm sorry. March 14 was a great moment for building a national... We believed in them. We were on the streets. We were at the Cedars Revolution on the streets. He he was a baby. We are not the ones who turned March 14 into a bunch of sectarian parties that only cared about their own share We are not the ones who were part of March 14 and brought Misharon into presidency. We are not the ones who were in March 14 and got all the commission on all the big and mega deals we will so, I, this deserves another episode yeah. but what i will just do is try to curtail it because that's the existential debate there's no suicide happening there's murder and the people that you hate are the same ones i hate the thugs of march 14 are the ones that are still around the names that have survived eh. sorry the names that eh, have survived are the ones that, that worked with hezbollah and I agree with you. I agree with you. You don't want to do deals with that team, which is why, yes, when you need to stand up, you stand up. I have nothing against working against the Lebanese forces when it's the right cause. On the contrary, and I don't care. Actually, the Lebanese forces, to me, is the least appealing in terms of opposition. They're narrow-minded. They're sectarian. They have a very bloody past. But to me, they also are saying some things that are making sense. And I don't think they're the bad guys right now. And that's my problem, is that March 14 is not the crowd that you have to deal with right now. March 14 is the October But, but 7th, we didn't o- say March- otherwise. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Ool, ool. The, I, what, you're facing, what we're all facing with right now is October 17, trying to do the right thing. And it's very easy to fall into the same hole March 14 fell in. Meaning you end up with what you were saying, which I disagree with you. Just talk to Hezbollah. That's what March 14 did. 17 years later, this is what you have. A group that doesn't talk. Doesn't talk. It gets what it needs to survive. That's violence. So talking to Hezbollah from Baabda is the dumbest strategy for Lebanon. That's been done. No, no. Can I tell you something? What's your solution? Confrontation? No, no. Confrontation. It's not the same situation. Yeah. Today, we have a total collapse of the country. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have the same thing. So today, that is a very important factor to take into consideration yes. and to deal with. Absolutely. Okay? So at the moment where Hezbollah is at the peak of its power, Yeah. The country is at at the lowest of the lowest of the point, and Hezbollah is not daring to take control of the country. They don't want to take the responsibility. They cannot do it. You need to use that as an opportunity 
to impose something and not to go on these, the deals that had been made between the Lebanese forces and Michelin. On a different kind of deal, not on a no, and I want the public sector, 50% of the people will be from Lebanese forces, the 50 other Christian will be from the FPM. So this is how you have to see A deal it. that gets you a new social contract. Let's go there. Let's end it here. Let's end it here. He is the new social contract. He's the younger generation. Let's end it here. You are the younger generation. And you're not a dinosaur. To be. I'm a dinosaur to be close. You're closer to me in age than to Rabat. I'm 41. You're 47? you're 27. October 13, I'll be 47. I don't my age at any particular instant. Between 20 and 30, let's say. You can go with that range. An AUB student, you're early mid-20s. It's fine. But... You're young enough to see a better future, I think, than both of us. I think you should. Actually, at your age, you should see change. You should want it. But I don't think we're going to ever have a new social pact in Lebanon. We're a sectarian country. You're always going to be Shia. Even when you're an atheist, you'll be Shia. I didn't specify that I'm an atheist, by the way. You can be super religious or not religious. You will be Shia against your will. You, my friend, I don't think, I don't think of Armenia. <laughs> When I think of you, I of think course. of Lori. Of course, you shouldn't think be oil. thinking of, be Armenia. of Armenia. I think of oil, gas, and exactly. Thank you. So I, I, should, I love why, that. Why, why, why should this hold country on, be on. sectarian? No, no, exactly. no, wait, wait, hold on. And I know Zaven is not Armenia. Zaven is a media figure who I like, and he's fun. I don't think of Armenia, well, Armenian, well, Orthodox or Catholic. Doesn't. And I never woke up in the morning feeling Sunni. Wala marra. Ana et khalas. Ana liyom. Sara is much closer to them. She may be a member of we them. Don't, I, I, don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I. But, cut. No, but, but wait, wait, wait. No, no. no. She's a friend. She'll be sure like this. Oh, he was still cake coming. Uh-huh. Eidak بعد يومين. Yeah, I'm Eid with 13. Happy birthday. I'm 13. Ten October, 13 October. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Libras. Yeah. It all makes sense now. So. So Sarah Asif is still Sunni even when she's not, and I'm Sunni even when I'm not. You're. This is your generation. No, this is the lost cause. Which is, forget it. You're never going to have a secular Lebanon. It's never going to happen. Mark my words. You will never see a secular Lebanon. What you will see, which I think you hinted at earlier, is reform. One day, you'll see sectarian reform in this country. Well, maybe one day, somebody like Lori could actually enter Baghdad because it makes no sense that you're not allowed to because of this old way of governing. Lori should be in Baptist. Maybe you should be too. Put my cross on, take it off, put my flag. The Mashtub cross. Mashtub cross, <laughs> since I'm in that uh, camp now. <laughs> hey, I go up as the Sunni Maronite of Baptist. 
I think all of us deserve access to every institution. Of but okay. Of but course. but, then but, this but we agree on that. Yes, but at the end of our lives, we will still be in a sectarian Lebanon. That's not going away. Okay. That sectarian uh, Lebanon is wait, fine as long as and we can all be at one point Lebanese and functioning so in institutions. Then, yeah, I agree. But I then, don't care. Then, then like what is, institution no, he no. has. This is what I'm, ta- I'm talking about. Uh, appeal that I thought maybe October 17 suffered from, which is secularism the way we talk about it. Okay. Does not resonate in this country. Can, can I plunge in? Sectarianism does. I think sectarian reform and aspects of secularism is the way forward for Lebanon. Okay. I think that's the social path. Sectarian reform, it's how the political class is using sect for their own benefit and to increase control and corruption. Okay. You know, it's like, I, I, it's not, my problem is not that I'm like, as the, I, part of my identity is my religious identity, but that shouldn't say that what re, what role I should play in the country, and this is the problem today. Or it shouldn't uh, definitely uh, wash you with any certain political ideology. It's as simple as that. Mm. But allow me to and give me a couple of minutes over here. Sure. Um, we'll end it on this note. Regarding, I think, it's nice I think I have the future the, with Rawat. Exactly. I think I have two main points to emphasize on. One, and they're interrelated. One, there is um, there is a chance for us to build a national identity and a national narrative once and for all, and. Uh, I think over the past 20 years, there is a generation that has not suffered from the trauma of the prior generations. Yes, sectarianism may be, and of course it exists one way or another, even within this younger generation, but this generation does not have the trauma of the civil war or of the prior generations. This generation has the collective trauma of what we have suffered in the past few years. And this generation has the chance to build a national narrative once and for all. The Lebanese people have had a social uprising and a social revolt. And it was one of the very few moments where there was no sectarian divide, where all the people rallied about one thing coming from a collective trauma and a collective suffering. And that's part of national identity. And a big portion of the youth today understand what happened in the past and who to blame and what happened. Oh, wow. It's the first time the battery ran out. I keep going. Rabad, you're still there. Okay. I'm going to keep going on elaborating this, Amazing. this main point. Yeah. I'll just make an acknowledgement. The battery is dying, so we're going to live with that one. No problem. You've got at least 15 minutes. Perfect. I don't think I need more. <laughs> We have a great opportunity to tell the next generations about one narrative that once and for all, we agree that the people of this country are citizens of that country and that over the past uh, period, we've had successful things, one of which uh, we were occupied by the Syrian army and we got them out. And that is one thing to acknowledge. Keep talking. Nevertheless, without judging who made that decision on who made that uh, 
talking. No, no, keep talking, keep talking. Okay. Because now you're speaking of my generation. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start over it and in a very faster nutshell. I think there is a generation that did not some, uh, suffer from the trauma of the civil war, a generation that has some sort of a national identity that is forming one way or another. And I think the past 20 years uh, gave the Lebanese people quite a few lessons. And I think there is a generation that understands what went wrong in the past and what should, shouldn't go wrong in the future. Uh, a generation that has its own understanding of the civil war and what went wrong a generation that has its understanding of what happened in South of Lebanon in the year of 2000, and a generation that has its own understanding of what happened in 2005, and a generation that was fully uh, participating in a historical moment of 2019, of, of October 17. And we have a chance to build a national identity that is this Lebanese people, irrespective of what the sect is, reached a point where this country is independent, it doesn't have any uh, foreign army on its soil. There is the Lebanese people have liberated the country from the Syrian uh, the Syrian occupation and the Israeli occupation and revolted against a ruling criminal political elite. This is a chance for this generation to build a narrative and to build a homogeneous identity once and for all. And going back to I'll go back to what you said, is that this country will always be sectarian. I disagree. Mm. This country will always be ethnically diverse or religiously diverse, but that does not mean this country will always be sectarian. Looking back five years back, no one would have thought that there will be 13 MPs in parliament who, I don't think everyone who voted for Mark is a Druze or everyone who voted for Najat is a Christian, for example. And I think the people of Nabati and Bint Jbeil made a choice to go on election day and to vote irrespective of all uh, the bullying and mm -hmm. all the pressure to vote for a list where they were very 100% sure that the candidate was going to win if there was a chance was a Christian candidate or a Durzi candidate. Mm -hmm. And this is the reality now. Mm -hmm. So saying that this country will always be sectarian, I would definitely disagree on that. And I think that the main issue and the main concern for me as someone who's my age is that this socioeconomic crisis, and it's not Hezbollah right now, it's this socioeconomic crisis that is draining the country of its youth who are going elsewhere to find new lives, new jobs, and new dreams. And this is what, what's draining the country, and this is the only thing that's going to stop forming a national identity and what's going to stop the development of this narrative. The issue today is not the fact that we cannot build this narrative and we cannot build this identity, rather than the country is facing one of the biggest socioeconomic crises of the world and it's draining it from its own youth. I will concede here that you may be right and you will live longer than me and you'll visit me either in heaven or hell afterwards. And, 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 and keep, keep in mind, yeah. this is this is a cumulative process. It's, gonna sure. it's not going to happen overnight. So In our later years, I'll be 20 years ahead of you. Lori hopefully will still be with us. <laughs> Zevin too. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 you may be right. I don't think so. I think we already have a national identity. And our national identity is sectarian. And I think without sectarianism, there's no such thing as Lebanon. It may be not the uh, dream that we have today. It may not be 
fitting for the 21st century. And actually, it's a very outdated way of looking at people. But I do think we will always be a communal, confessional, consensus, power-sharing society until we all fade. And I worry that before we go further down what you're describing, you'll have a community that will find itself no longer at home. What hurt me in attending these rallies that you don't go to was hearing the language of divorce, of partition, of sever, coming from people that I know, and we all know, and hearing it from leaders you want to say the right thing and they're not saying the right thing. I see that. And it's not like an obtuse uh, fringe view. I think this is increasing over time. Can I say one thing? First of all, I think... Uh, now I, f- I feel that you're more tending to become the Free Patriotic Movement member no. huh, at uh, Cut. Last one. And then, one yes. More. And no, second, me? Yes. Me? Yes. I'm talking about Sami Jmeyer. No. And, I'm not talking uh, about Gibran Bessir. No. And like, believe me, like me? if I stay alive, I'll see you like part of uh, the Free Patriotic Never. Movement. Never. But even one, with Cynthia Zerazir. <laughs> but one more, like more on a on, Never. A, on a serious. Wait, wait, why do you say that? On a serious note, uh, I think the issue with, between what you said about like we will stay a sectarian country and what Rawad is saying, the problem is that they deserve a leadership that reflects their experience. And today, what we are seeing is that their experience and their generation is not represented by their generation. We are all represented by dinosaurs. We are all represented by people that have not lived their experiences. They've lived different experiences that are outdated. Christian insecurity today. That are outdated. Habibi, today I The only thing that's going to protect the Christians in this country is a secular modern country. I'm the Christian among you now. I I can talk about how I feel about this. Today, today because of this drive towards that the, the Christians and the need for the Christians to be strong, etc. I feel I'm the second class citizen in this country. Because I feel that first you have the Maronite, then you have the Orthodox, then you have uh, the Catholics, and then you have I don't know whom, and then uh, there is the, these minorities called Christian, Armenian Christians that have no role in the country to play, in the public sector to play. And this is where we're heading. We are heading where minorities, sectarian minorities feel alienated. Today I feel like this. Tomorrow the Druze will feel like this, even though they think like they are they are at the origin of this country. The way we are heading with this identity, sectarian identity, religious identity, is going to alienate people from the this country. The only thing that will not they alienate don't people have is that a feeling. What, they what, don't have that feeling. System. So he deserves a representative Absolutely. that is yeah. not people I, that have lived that fear that my son doesn't feel that fear that he is a Christian, Orthodox, Armenian, I nev- Orthodox, I never etc. Felt never need, felt that. I, I don't feel the need that I have to be represented by a Shia candidate mm. in parliament. Today, Firas, Hamdan and Lies Jirad represent me way more than the three, uh, three members who are actually uh, representing my district. Mm. Today, so the- I'm represented by Firas and and Elias, and by Mark, and by, uh, and even maybe more, even by Halima, if we want to go extreme. 
more than I'm represented by Hamad Raad and Haini Abaisi and all other 27 That's Shia not a detail. That's I, not detail. This uh, is reality that is happening. So now our fight is to create these leaders that represent this generation. I cannot have leaders. I am fed up. I am fed up of the Lebanese forces and the free patriotic movement fight over things that happened in the 1990. People are fed up of that. These are two leadership that need to disappear. They I, need to have I a better leadership from their generation. And the biggest mistake that Gibran Basile has done is like instead of like projecting himself in the future, he went back to the to history and back and to the today, war. I mean, and this uh, is and his biggest mistake. I mean, we have we all have friends in the Lebanese forces, for example. But today, how can it be 2023 and in a party where no position is democratically elected? I, because we don't have that much more time, I will just state my case. Yes. I have to disagree with you, Laurie. No one my whole life has ever compared me to the free patriotic movement. <laughs> I, I did. That I, I've never, yeah, I, Christian insecurity or Sunni insecurity or whatever insecurity, I think is real. No. And, and the it only real. No, it's not real. Then, then, then. I will have to And there is Shia insecurity. Why do they have weapons? Because they feel insecure. I, there is, there that's is. The, that's the worst reading of Lebanese history, Laurie. No. The Shia don't have weapons because they feel insecure. That's an imposed problem on a community. That's not Shia insecurity. I'm that, just no, no, saying. No, no, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. She, she was, she was playing with, with your game. Exactly. She was playing your game. Exactly. No, no, no. Your game. My game is only, misunderstood. No, no, My game no. is misunderstood. Only, hold on. Hold only on. institutions. Only get the constitution, only rule of law protects civilians in this country and citizens in this country. Sectarianism doesn't protect the Lebanese. I misunderstood. I, I misunderstood. More the, protected. The two parties. I wouldn't feel more protected if I've, I have the strongest of the strongest of the Maronite president in Baghdad. Okay. It wouldn't give me any feeling of security. Only respect of law, rule of law, constitution, and everyone having responsibilities and roles in front of the state and the institutions gives us that security. I agree. And you don't cut this. You will keep it in the podcast. This is all staying. I just need to make my state, my case heard at least, if there's time. I may be misunderstood. I meant that the overwhelming tide in this city's, this country's historic gravity falls on community, community identity, even if we don't share it. And I agree with the, I agree with the premise that we should move on from that insecurity too. I want that insecurity to go in a better place. I want it to be channeled in a way that makes sense, not in a way that's violent. What I was trying to allude to is that the paralysis that has defined our collective generation, almost two now, is driving one community historically for five decades now into a place where the Lebanese forces wins in 2022, they win seats. They don't lose seats. The Free Patriotic Movement didn't do that bad. This is in 2022. You're talking about sectarianism. The most sectarian parties, maybe the most sectarian one, is the Lebanese forces. They gain seats. That's my point, is that this stuff, I think, is bigger than us. Okay, but then again, in 2022... And sorry, I want to add one more thing. One more thing. people voted for a non-sectarian yes, approach. Yes, you're right. Which, is which was not the case in 2005. You're right, which is why maybe things are going to move in the direction you're describing. 
as a pessimist, I'm conceding. You could be right. Anyway, this is going to happen long after I'm dead. But Sunni anxiety, and I said it already, I'm not a Sunni in my life. There is Sunni anxiety in this country. It's real. And the Whether only thing that's going to stop all this anxiety is a state that treats citizens as citizens equal. and as not part of a communal group. What has to happen before that, and I agree with you, is that the last group in this country that abides by civil war terms has to leave the civil war. When you get that done, all the good stuff begins to happen. Hezbollah cannot stay the way it exists. Once Hezbollah becomes part of everything we're talking about, you're going to have a great future ahead. And probably secularism will feed its way into most aspects of Lebanese politics down the road. But in the, in the near term, this is going to be, I think, the reason why I think the more vicious language wins. I don't think of Sami Jmail as a vicious person. He's a drummer. He can sing. He plays John Lennon in, in his free time. The guy is not a, he's not a warlord. Well, uh, he doesn't represent that generation. He's speaking the language of divorce. I think a, si- a size of the community, a big enough size, feels the same way. And uh, for me, that's the death of this country. And I don't want that to happen. And I want reform to take hold. I think we're all at the end of the day wanting the same thing. But it's just we're living through a very, very painful stretch and a, a very enriching episode. It's the longest one I've ever done. Okay. Post-editing, it'll be shorter than this, but we survived almost, well, two hours and 40 minutes of talking nonstop. Wow. It won't, wow. Be, th- it won't be that long. Uh, this conversation happened on a Wednesday evening. It'll come out Sunday night. So if things happen between now and then, it's not in the episode, it's on the news. Rawad, I wish you the best in your career. Can I add one more thing before we're done? Sure, but it may end then with you. I think we need to emphasize before anything else on stopping the brain drain. Because what is more dangerous than all this bullshit divorce narrative and all this nonsense sectarian talk and all this conflict between the 13 MPs and the traditional opposition is that we are losing a generation. I was watching a video today of 30 people who were celebrating the results of LEU elections four years ago, and I only identified two people who are still in Lebanon. This is what's dangerous. All this nonsense, even the debate on Hezbollah and all its weaponry, it's nonsense if there is no generation to actually hold this debate. We are losing a generation, and this is what's important. I think over time, this is why I'm increasingly drawn to you, both of you, because I see you more than I used to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because our circle is smaller, and Rawad, I've gotten to know you also the same way. I think we're just, this is what's left in terms of reform. And I think 80% of what we said is the same language. And I agree, you have, to, you have to keep whoever's still here invested. And you found a way to do it. You, you inspire a lot of the young activists. You're also mature at a young age. And you're finding your way maybe to Taqaddam, maybe to another party. Who knows? But you're maturing very quickly, which is quite impressive. And Lori, uh, you still have a lot of, uh, 
I don't know what the word is. Chemistry, electricity. Thank you. You're still you're still fighting. I work in energy. So you work in energy. <laughs> <laughs> the least I should have electricity. This battery survived the whole way, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From sectarianism, all the way back to Cynthia Zerazir, we did it, <laughs> and everything in between. I'll do the handshake, confirming Thank it. Thank you. Rawad, you're allowed to shake hands. <laughs> Teachers, teachers, students, come to us. Thanks for listening and watching. And a friendly reminder to support this podcast by contributing through Patreon or PayPal. All links are in the details box. Until next time, I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan. Thank you.